When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to episode five of FPL Black Box with Mark and I. How are you, Mark? Yeah, just the two of us this week. Good, good evening, as I'm. I'm in good spirits. I'm all right. I'm a bit tired though. Um, yeah, I was going to say, a bit tired. Yeah, maybe I'm a bit tired. Dominic Calvert Lewin kept me up to the <laughs> early hours last night. Um, I'm ashamed to say. So, and then came, didn't even go up in price. No, so he didn't go up. In, didn't go up in price. Um, he um, he came in with his match ball, bouncing his match ball, making a hell of a noise. No, he, just a dilemma of. Um, of what to do with him. Um, mm. as, as I was WhatsApping you, I was I was texting a few other managers, hoping for pearls of wisdom. I, I, well, I, you, you messaged me, and the last I heard from you was saying, you know, I'm not going to get him in. I'm completely done. Yeah, yeah, no worries. And yeah. then you messaged me at eight in the morning, but I've been up till three o'clock in the morning debating it. It wasn't three o'clock. <laughs> I stayed up to the price rises um, just before. I fell asleep just before. So I think, what's that, 2.30 these days? I don't know. Mm. Something like that, isn't it? So ridiculous and so not i'm quite, quite i'm good. so i'm kind of like uh, not quite match fit tonight but i'll do my best I do, i'm <laughs> sure i'll put on a performance still but i won't be quite as sharp as usual but uh mm. how are you feeling as after what a game week what a game week game oh, three was yeah it's like i have a bad game week and then i do the scout cast and then just as i'm kind of getting over it i come back and do this review and it's like yeah let's keep bringing it up yeah i'm right it's well we're going to talk about it. I mean, it's just what what a, what a weird week i mean it's just it's been a really weird start to the season hasn't it? So, I mean, the good thing is we've got lots to talk about. We have. So. Yeah, we have. And, and you know, we, we didn't wildcard, so we were quite fortunate because I've got to say it kind of crossed my mind a few times, but I resisted yeah. because I think I actually owned up and said, look, you know, I'm actually not sharp enough yet to do it because I felt mm. I felt actually picking an initial squad was so difficult. I didn't feel like I wanted to put myself through that again. And I'm glad I felt like that because obviously, as we'll see later, the wildcards was Mm. You know, it's a difficult week for people who wildcarded because there's so many upsets, Wolves and Man City and so on. So what we covering tonight, go, on, go through it all. Penalties again, isn't it? I mean, we've got to talk about them briefly, <laughs> just briefly. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's a five-minute podcast, get the penalty takers in. Uh, yeah, that's see you later. It. I tell Subscribe you what, to our Patreon. <laughs> for a minute, I thought, I mean, I've got to say, before obviously the, the Premier League have now come out and said there's going to be more leniency, but I was feeling like... God, if it goes on like this, you know, mm. there's not much tips you can give other than get a team for the penalty takers. But hopefully that's not going to be the case now. Yeah. Well, you've got loads of new lovely tables for us to talk about. 
so we've got penalties and clean sheets. Like, should we react? I mean, there's been a lack of a real lack of clean sheets. You say um, that, but uh, we'll see when we get to it. You'd be surprised. Well, I've man- I've managed to get I managed to get two last week from the two players I never thought I was going to get clean sheets from. So that was that's good. Uh, early transfers. So we're going to talk about the strategy between making early moves or whether we should be waiting. I mean, the price rises we talked about last week. Uh, they're still weird. I mean, Calvert Lewin again not going up last night, and then you look at all the people falling. Um, it's just a it's a weird system at the moment with lots loads more falls than than rises. Uh, we've got the game week preview fixtures. Our transfers and captains, if people still want to listen to them. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've both failed, haven't we? Because we had two successes and now, and then Werner, we went yeah, to the back, we? Yeah, we did. And, and um, Sever, I've got his captaincy pick again. And he went for Werner. He, he actually came back to me today and said, yeah, you know, nine times out of 10, Werner would have delivered in that game. And he might be right. I mean, it was a, it was a frustrating watch. But then, you know, mm. I watched KDB the next day and actually... He was probably even less involved, I would yeah. say, because um, he obviously dropped deep when they started chasing the game. But it was just a crazy week for that. Salah contributed to the assist, but to be honest, his performance wasn't great, was it? To be a, a, no, really no. I mean, point. there was no. I mean, apart from Vardy in, in the game that you know no one could have expected a hat trick from. Surely, uh, you know, who's the next top scorer? Like Bowen. I mean, Bowen at home to Wolves in a four 0 win against. Oh, when one of the one of the roughs I said on the scoutcast, there was someone who who wrote in. He had <laughs> he had three Wolves players going into that game. One of them is captain, and he got minus one from three players. So hold on, who, his who, captain. who do you have then? Jimenez, Jimenez, captain, Pogans, okay. and yeah. Um, Cody. Yeah, and got <laughs> got minus it's crazy. One. I mean, we just didn't see that Wolves performance coming either, did we? As well as City, that that really shocked me. I, and. I don't know why that could be. It's just one of those days or whether there's something, there's an issue there. I don't know. Because I, I was saying to you the other night, wasn't I? That Wolves, I mean, they've made a lot of personnel changes. Mm. I mean, you know, with Yota going, with um, Doherty being replaced with Semedo and, you know, the left-back situation, Johnny's injured. Then they had Marcel who got injured. Now it's even Agre who there's obviously something going on with him and, and Nuno's. He doesn't fully trust him. Um, I, I don't know whether it's... There's just not something not quite right with them. I mean, you know, that first game against Sheffield United look made them look good, and now you see how bad Sheffield United have been since. You think maybe that was the anomaly, and maybe it's going to take Wolves a bit of time to to adjust. But I mean, the fixtures are so good; it's it's still worth piling on. Oh yeah, the fixtures can't you can't deny those fixtures, and and also you know the the performance against City was outstanding. I thought as well. So Mm. it's I mean maybe it's like that sometimes at the London Stadium. Teams go there and and, and West Ham have a good day, and it's yeah. Luke Luke called it, didn't he? Yeah, he did absolutely. He said that West Ham are one of those who can pull it out of the fire, but and they certainly did that day. And Antonio was great as well. We'll talk about him later in the show. Mm. But let's bring your team up then. Let's have a look. Um, What was the points tally in the end? Oh, was it forty? Let me get up on my screen as well. 46, was it? Uh, yeah, 46. No hits. I just did a Bamiyang to De Bruyne, which is the most popular move. I mean, the weird thing is, and, you know, I, I said this on Tuesday, so I probably might repeat myself, but, like, the, the kind of strategy with this team is four at the back and, you know, to have two the, the two best 4.5 defenders. I mean, probably Lamptey is, is is the best, but I'm, I'm quite happy with Walker, Peters and Eiling. But they're not supposed to be getting me my points. My points are supposed to be coming from Werner, Martial, Havertz, De Bruyne, Salah, and my two highest scoring players and my two 4.5 defenders. So that just it just sums it up, just sums it up, really. Um, you know, I'm looking at this team and this team is becoming more and more 
differential by the week. Is that is that a good thing? I don't know. This is it. I I, I still don't think this team. I mean, I've moved Davies on now, obviously, because because he's he's gonna he's gonna be out the team, and mm-hmm. and I brought Samedo in. Um, he's a bit. I'll talk about him a bit later on the thing, but he's, he's a bit of a punt, but um, he's a wing back punt, which I like. But you know, people are moving away from a lot of these players, like Havertz, Werner, Martial. Uh, you know, people are moving obviously to to Calvert Lewin and um, uh, Jimenez and and you know Rodriguez and, and that kind of. So I'm looking at them and thinking they're not they're still not bad picks. Like they're still there's still potential. You haven't been to... able to sell Pereira, have you? Even though you've gone on about him and even though he's delivered for you, he's still not being picked up. Um... Without without Pereira, I would have wild carded by now because he's got me ten points last week and five points this week. My totals have been so poor. That without him, I would be, you know, really down in the in the quagmire. So I'm happy with him, and you know, a lot of people are going to to players like Trossard or Podence and stuff. But I, I think Pereira, and and really, if you you look at the fixtures Pereira's had, I mean, Leicester at home, Everton away, Chelsea at home, delivered in two out of three of those, and now he's got a run of Southampton, Burnley, Brighton, Fulham. He's got so, he's got a very decent run actually. Yeah. yeah, I'm 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 happy to happy to hold him and please I kind of back myself with it. Well, they need to pick up a striker in the window, and I think they will. I mean, I think they're looking uh, looking around for a striker and they're after you know after various targets, but I, he needs that. He needs someone to feed if he's going to deliver regularly. But he's done marvelously for you, and he's got those set pieces, of course. Yeah. And he, he is what we thought he would be. He's their standout player. No he doubt. just looks class, doesn't he? I mean, some yeah. of the passes he was playing against Chelsea and. You know, he, he's he's the kind of player that, that can that can create something for nothing. He just, like you say, he just needs that person up front to to be able to put the chances away. They're after but, they're after Grant, aren't they? At Huddersfield, who had, he was actually pretty good when Huddersfield mm. in the Premier League when they when they started him. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's difficult to say, but he's not catching on despite all the pimping you're doing for him. No. It's not quite catching on, but yeah. And then Havertz as well. I mean, Havertz, I, I think Havertz is, is getting better every week I, I watch him play. And we've got the hat-trick in the cup. He, he had some really yeah. good moments, I thought, against West Brom. I think a haul for him is is coming, so I'm reluctant to sell him as well. He had a few classy touches. He got the assist, didn't he? Um, he you know, he couldn't... He had to improve on that Brighton performance. Let's, let's be fair. Well, yeah, it couldn't get any worse. But I, I, did, I, yeah, I did think at West Brom there were some touches. Obviously, the hat-trick in the cup, you know, that was against Barnsley, wasn't it? So we can't really read too much into that. But he's getting his confidence up. I think, again, though, I mean, him and Werner need to be playing in their mm. favoured positions. And I, I I don't know. I watched Chelsea again. And I watched Werner again um, in against Spurs. And I still it just... You know, Lampard hasn't got the team out that he wants yet. He hasn't got the players fit, Zayec and Pulisic. They're obviously going to be starters. And until we see them with those two, we can't really judge them very easily. At the moment, you know, they, they, they look a bit lost. Some of them. You know, Havertz well, and Werner don't really know the role that, to play at the moment, it seems. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the dilemma I'm having is that, you know, obviously we've got the international break to come. Um, Ziyech was was on a stream yesterday saying, you know, he's feeling good and he's ready you know to play I, I really I don't think he's far away ZH yeah. uh, you know obviously Lampard's conference will be press conference will be coming tomorrow but I'm hopeful that kind of after the international break they'll be fit and so it, it doesn't feel right to you know I've, I've stuck with them for this long and okay things have been going a bit wrong but it feels like the best of them is to come they've got um, Southampton at home like first game after the international break and like Martial as well like his ownership is dropping he's going to be down to 8.8 soon I think someone just said in the chat his, his ownership's down below 10% you know United are going to get better I still I don't think Martial is, is a bad pick 
He's got Spurs at home this week. I don't think that's a bad game. They're in Europe tonight. Then they've got Newcastle. And then they've got, I think, Chelsea and Arsenal. But they tend to do quite well in the in these in these big games. How long do I keep faith with these guys? Well, you know? <laughs> the thing is with Martial, he's got his sad face on. He's a bit like Wurzel Gummish. He's got his he's mm. got a grumpy head on, isn't he, at the moment? So he's, yes. and 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 I don't get that as well because I you know I was um I was on the official podcast last week and uh, Julian was on there. Julian Lowen was on there, and he's got the inside track on any French player in the Premier League. And he was saying, I don't know if it was on air or on off air. He's saying that he was hearing Martial is absolutely flying in training. So mm. he was bigging him up, and I was like, "Oh, well, okay, maybe that's an ITK there." And then he had a mare, absolute mare, at yeah. Brighton, just didn't show up at all. So I, I don't know what's going on with him because he was flying at the end of the season. I know, I know. I remember arguing. I remember arguing with Andy about him because, you know, I, after you know the, the after the restart, um, I think you know people were getting him in, and I was like, "Look, I just don't trust him because it's only going to take one or two bad games, and then he's going to be sulking and not not." the same and he didn't he carried it on throughout the whole of lockdown um and then it made me think you know starting the season I was like well if he carries that form on then he's he's going to be a great pick and oh it's just it's just so frustrating watching him I just he frustrates me more than anyone else to own because when he's just not at it he just you just know he's not going to get anything because he's just you can't be yeah, I, I wonder whether there's rumours of, you know, there's talk of Cavani and players. Like that. I wonder if he's got wind of the fact they're shopping for a striker and he's sulking because of that. It could be anything, but I don't understand what it can be other than something off the pitch affected him because he was in such good mm. form prior. And it's not like they had a big gap, did they? So very strange indeed. Or maybe it's just fitness. Maybe he's just not sharp enough yet and maybe it'll come. We'll see. But mm. I'm looking at that and think Martial, Werner, Havertz, these are players that could all crash over the international break. That's the trouble. You I know, that's, that, losing that's, a lot of money. That's the big problem. Is that I still have faith that they're going to come good, but how long do you give it before they do? Because, like you say, if if Havertz and Werner and Martial blank this week, um, it's it's going to pretty much force them into a wild card because I can't lose 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4, or whatever it might be over that period. It's just you know, and Calvert Lewin going up and Jimenez with a great run. There's there's too many picks delivering. So, I mean, at the moment, I'm looking at keeping them for another week. And and then and assessing because I always said four weeks international break end of the transfer window that seems a decent time to to wildcard so it could be it could be wildcard time this this you know next week but I'm just I'm just really reluctant to lose them because I'm just I just think they're going to hit you know I've got them in at the start of the season for a reason I think they're gonna they're gonna start delivering at some point. Yeah, well, you got a conundrum, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, let's bring up my team, uh, go for it quickly. McCarthy got the clean sheet, um, like your Walker Peters. The two Liverpool defenders, Alexander Arnold and Robertson. Yeah, um, great picks, brilliant. They? Brilliant. They, yeah. I mean, that that saved me really. Dean, Dina um, and James, um, you know, Dina got the uh, got another assist there. And I got Grealish, of course, who delivered on, on Monday. Suchek, who came off the. Yeah, got the assist. Almost, well, should have got a goal, arguably, but I'll take it. De Bruyne, Salah, Adams and Werner. Uh, Adams got an assist at Burnley, so he got his first return for me. Werner was my captain and he let me down. And I feel quite um, embarrassed, really, because on Sunday night, I was on 24 points and I was like <laughs> in the trenches with the rest of them. Mm. You know, you know, it was kind of gallows humour, kind of, we we're all kind of suffering and struggling. And we, you know, I was posting on Twitter um, Suchek got me the assist, but that's about it on Sunday. And then Monday, it just all went all went right for yeah, me. And uh, I got thirty six points. And then then I felt a bit embarrassed, and I went quiet. Then I didn't post on Twitter. Then <laughs> I, I mean, eight, eight out of eleven players 
returning for you and seven on your bench. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's decent. It's a 60 point. I mean, but my worry is that because the, you know, the wild cards failed, therefore the kind of the more template selections failed, I wonder whether, you know, I'm going to struggle this week in a mm. week where City do really well. Um, I've only got De Bruyne and, you know, I know there's wildcard teams out there with Foden and Sterling as well as De Bruyne. So, and surely City are going to click. I mean, we're going to look at team stats later on and the fixtures for game week four and so on. And and you've got to think that... I think the podcast over it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, De Bruyne should be enough, but I look at Sterling and, and look at that Leeds fixture and I worry, particularly got the goals in midweek and mm. you know how much, you know how much I like Sterling, you know, and so it feels... Feels bad going into this game week without him, but I'm going yeah, what's, to. Sterling's so. ownership can't be that high, can no, it? No, he's he's low owned. He's still a differential for sure. But six percent, six percent. But mm. I see a lot of managers um, who are wildcarded going Sterling, and I I can understand that because you mm. want a differential, particularly if you started the season badly. Going Sterling and putting the armband on him. I mean, let's get to the great and the good because I think that's exactly what um, Late Riser has done, or he's talking about doing. Um, so mid we did table, Mark. Yeah, we're doing all right. We're quite, we're quite <laughs> comfortable in mid-table. And we got the great Vila Ronco right behind us there. Um, Joe, FBL Matthew, and Late Riser propping up the uh, the table there. And and what's significant here is three managers played their wild card, and they were the three of the four lowest scores. Yeah. And that sums up what a strange week it was. It, yeah. it was so hard when you're picking from scratch to pick a team that you know, you could predict would do well. On paper, you know, Wolves, Everton, City, get on those teams, you'd be fine. And in the end, it was only Everton who really delivered. Um, yeah. yeah it was, it it's, was it's, an, it's an interesting sort of tactic, isn't it? Because, you know, historically, picking from three teams has always not really appealed to me that much. And having so many players from, from just three teams means you're quite reliant. I mean, Everton, you know, Brighton next and then Liverpool. So... You know, going into that Liverpool game with three Everton players and then maybe Salah and, uh, you know, Trent, you might even have th- three of those. So you're going into one game with six players. <laughs> Quite a few people are. Uh, I don't know. It just, it seems, it, it does. I mean, you know, I think backing City to carry on delivering isn't, or, or to start delivering is, isn't a bad strategy. But Everton, I'm still not. I mean, Cal- Calvert-Lewin at 7.4 just is a great pick. You know, there's no... There's no two ways Stop around Stop going it. on about him. Look, we're going, we are going to I talk about him. But I had all night I had this in my head. <laughs> Absolute torture. He's going to go up tonight as well. So it's going to be... It uh, happens every year, doesn't it? Every year you, we get a play like this and, and you put off and put off getting him in and then you just you look back at the season. You know, Black Box next year will be saying, well, our biggest mistake, Mark, was not getting Calvert-Lewin well, until this, game week 13. This, this is it. And I look back at last season and I was stubborn with uh, De Bruyne and I was stubborn with Vardy when he started Ings. taking off. Ings a lot of well. people were, as I yeah. wasn't, but a lot of people I, I stuck with Pookie and Abraham during the Vardy and Ings period mm. early season, and I stuck with Sterling over De Bruyne. That one, that one you can, Sterling over De Bruyne, you can see. Mm. I mean, I was just wedded to him, and I just thought it'd click, and it didn't. It did at the end, of course. But the Vardy and Ings ones were terrible, because I had Abraham and Pookie, and for some reason I convinced myself they would eventually deliver and Ings and Vardy just caught fire. And by the time I was like thinking about getting them, they'd gone up in price so much. Yeah. You talk yourself out of it, and that, that's that's the problem with it, isn't it? It's uh, it's because because yeah. I mean the decision we're going to have to make is you know if 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 Calvert-Lewin goes up to say seven point seven seven point six something like that, then you think he's only a little bit cheaper than Richarlison, and then do you yeah. go for Richarlison, who's a got probably got the penalties now, um, 
yeah it's it becomes a it becomes tougher doesn't it like a, a million and that Calvert Lewin there's no decision but when it's like 0. 0.2 0. 0.3 uh, don't do it to me I'll be up till two in the morning <laughs> again tonight um let's look at some wildcast that this is from live FBL this is a Ragabolli's site and what's interesting here is like those uh, there was 10.9% of the player base played a wildcard in game week three um 83.8% played no chip whatsoever and the 83% Got an average total of forty one point seven points. Yeah. Um, those I'm who wild carded got forty point five nine. So if you wild carded, those managers that ten percent or almost eleven percent got on average fewer points than those who didn't. I mean, I'd love to know if that's ever happened before because you would think every week the wild carded teams would would get more points than the non wild carded teams because I mean a lot of people who wild card probably you know if you're a more casual player you wild card to, to players with great fixture on that one week. And don't even worry so much about the coming weeks. So you'd think just by like a bias sample, it would be better, be more points scored. I mean, I I can't ever imagine. I can't. Ever, I've never seen that like that before. I, I've but, had I've had wild cards like that where you had quite a few. If you remember the the scout cast that I had with with Joe and Granville, but it does happen, right? Where initially you don't get that bounce, and then over time you hope that you know you've got on the price rises. I mean, that's the big thing about the wild card in this early is. Team value, it really does boost that. So even if you've had a bad game week, you know, don't take the positives from the fact that you're on on players that will probably go up in prices over the international break. Because City and Wolves will have a better game week this time mm. around. So if you've loaded up on them, I still think you're going to do all right. You're going to do all right this game week, hopefully, game week four, and you're going to do right with the price rises. So, you know, there'll be people regretting playing it, but I still think there's a, you know, you can look on the bright side. You've got to, right? Otherwise you drive yourself mad. So what, so what are you holding out for then with the wild card? Because well, both neither of us are playing it. Like, because you make it sound there that it's kind of sensible, get your price rises, get your city boys in, good fixtures, all that. How come you're... Well, I, I, you'll see when you look at my team later on, I'm quite happy with it. And, and I, I've written articles about this before where you kind of know when it's right to play the wild card. And for me, I've got to have five four or five players that I want rid of and I've got to see opportunities in the fixtures so I've got to see there's got to be like one or two players that I think okay if I get if I wildcard now I can get on these couple of players early and I think there's an advantage to getting on them early um and so that so those those two criteria I need four or five players that I need to get rid of and I can see one or two players that perhaps differentials you know, perhaps like Sterling, perhaps a Harvey Barnes, those kinds of players where you think, okay, that the majority don't have them. Even the you know the top ten k don't have them. I can get on them early by doing this. Um, I don't, you know, when we look at my game week four team, I don't think there's enough there for me to do it. Also, I look forward and think because of the double game week and blanks that are coming immediately after game week sixteen, I want to play my wild card as close to them as possible. So I can do more with my second wild card. Um, it's quite complex that situation. If you want to know how that looks, I can recommend uh, Planet FBL. James did an amazing podcast about it in the preseason, and it was quite funny because it, it's really quite complicated. And it was like you know you have to get your notebook out to follow all the kind of variables. But he really did explain it very well. So I'm not going to try and explain it. Just go and <laughs> listen to that. Um, but rest assured, there's a reason why you want to keep your wild card as close to 16 as possible to prepare mm. you for the impending blanks and doubles that are coming very soon after that because of the FA Cup and so on. Um, so that's what my plan is. Unless, I mean, obviously, if my team calls for it, I'll have to play it. But I mean, what about you? What are you thinking? Are you think you really are thinking going week four, aren't you now? Yeah. I, 
I'm, I'm, I'm really sure. I mean, I, I, you say like, oh, you just know. I, I don't know. I, 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 part, uh, there's a very strong part of my brain, the logical part of my brain saying, look, just cash in now. You know, you, you kind of, you're two million at the moment. You've kind of clawed your way there. Now's the time to restructure and, you know, go with free up front, getting Calvert-Loon before he gets, don't just be stubborn about him. Get rid of Chelsea. They're not clicking. Get rid of Martial and all this stuff. But then there's another part of my brain, which is always the part of the brain that costs me every season, which is saying, no, these are the players that people are going to start flocking to soon when they bang against Crystal Palace and Spurs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the thing is, I don't, the fixture, the, the nice little fixture swing, I think actually happens after game week five. And that's when Everton get a good run again. Um, you've still got Wolves, yeah. the Chelsea fixtures turn a bit, the United fixtures turn a bit, City fixtures get nicer. So, that that to me is 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 better in terms of fixtures. But then if I leave it till that point and I'm still I've still got players like Werner and Martial, then I mean I'm on a hundred I'm on a hundred um, team value at the moment. So Are you? Another million. another price drop and I'm going to be under a hundred. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I don't think I've ever no done that. I've never dropped under a hundred. No I mean I I, re- I mean we'll talk about early transfers later, but I really care about that. Mm. Uh, perhaps too much. That, that, that I. It's hard to know if it's a weakness or whether it works out as a strength. You know, to test that theory is quite complex to do. But I mean, we we must look to do that at some point because it's one of the, the big contentious issues. I argue with with a lot of people about it. Certainly, Joe about it because he's an advocate of holding transfers to the final minute. FBL generals another who does it a lot. Um, but even those guys have been forced into early transfers this season. I think from what I've seen. So yeah. It is very, very difficult. And it's not so much the price rises sometimes, it's the value drops. It's knowing mm. you've got two or three players that are leaking or threatening to leak funds. That drives me crazy a bit. And yeah. I, I think by the sounds of it, that could tip you over for the international. Well, market. yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's it's nice when you look on FPL statistics and you see your players or whatever price rise that you use and then you see your players in the in the green. Because you know, because you know, they're kind of climbing towards the rise. When you when you're looking at all the different players, and they're all dropping. You think, oh, because it also it tells you something, doesn't it? It tells you these these. It reminds you all these players are dropping because they're not performing. Uh, so you know, you're not you're not ahead of the curve. You're you're actually behind the curve because people are moving them out because they're they're failing it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really struggling. I, I mean, you know, a lot of people say they like playing the wild card. I think you said it. They like playing the wild card early just because it kind of gets it out of the way. And they know, okay, I've done it. I've got my team now. Let's work with that. It's kind yeah, of, I've had seasons like that because I always find that taking hits whilst you've got the wire card in your pocket feels wrong. Um, in the, you know, you're not going to do a, a minus eight when you've got your wild card, are you? Because you're, no. you're thinking to yourself, well, why would I do that? Surely. And so sometimes I look at it, and I really want to do a minus eight, and and then it's like, well, get the wild card done, and then I'm free to do that if I want to. I don't feel like it's wrong to do that. I mean, some people will say it's wrong to do a, an eight point hit any time but yeah, you know, once a season I normally do that um, mm. maybe I'm not going to do it this season maybe it's something you know, maybe it's a lesson I need to learn your famous that. was it Fabianski Balbuena and oh and, and Murphy wasn't it Murphy <laughs> from, Murphy. from Cardiff yeah, yeah what, wow, what a what rose gallery that, that is Balbuena, <laughs> Fabianski and the theory was that West Ham would get a clean sheet at Huddersfield and to be fair Huddersfield were pretty awful back then yeah, and I can't remember where Murphy was playing, but he was looking bright at the time. I think he was playing as part of a front two actually at the time. Mm. So it had some theory behind it, but I mean, I'd like to think that now I'm doing black box, I would never ever. Huddersfield scored, didn't they? But in the first few minutes, <laughs> yeah. Pritchard, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, I never forget that. 
unbelievable. Uh, talking of lessons learned, let's look at them briefly because I have got one on there as a result of Werner because I couldn't let that slide. You know, Werner, it, we sat pre-season and I was agonising over Werner. That was probably the main contentious point I had. The main debate I had myself was I had doubts about Werner and I had a team with Ings in that I showed on this show Um and then in the final week for the last show before the season, yeah. I changed my mind. I, I, it's because I looked at the captaincies and I looked at game weeks three, four and five in particular. So that West Brom feature, Palace and Southampton coming up. And I thought to myself, well, Werner's ownership is 45%. If Werner flies and I don't have him. I was so disappointed. I know. And I, I completely so bottled disappointed. it. You did. Absolutely. Ownership. Bottled. You should never. I'm not even looking at ownership anymore i mean i, I mean okay, i mentioned it earlier for sterling just to know how much it would hurt but i don't think you should be basing it basing transfers on ownership well it was ownership and the captaincy i was looking mm. thinking if i don't have him and then i go into game weeks three four and five and if, if he's got two or three goals already looking really hot they're all going to captain him three four and five i'm going to struggle to get him in uh, because i'd have to sell two or three players to get him in and um yeah probably on a for more money as well so i was just fearful of that um mm. I, I was amazed at his ownership actually the bandwagon was yeah. huge wasn't it yeah, for a player yeah. that okay had a brilliant reputation but no one had really seen well no one had seen him in the premier league and but what in my defense and my lessons learned here is like don't be swayed by high, high ownership when selecting your initial squad i've got to remember that going into the, the first game week next year but in my defense i thought pulisic was fit right because lampard had mm. said that and so had I known that Pulisic was out for three or four weeks, which it looks like it's going to be about that, maybe even more, then I would have had that in my mind about him playing mm. out on the left and maybe Abraham starting, which is what it is now. And perhaps, well, probably that would have been enough to persuade yeah. me that not yeah, to do yeah. it. But I just thought with Pulisic and, and Werner, they'd start well. I got both those players in. Absolute disaster, wasn't it? So that yeah. that little update from Frank, it wasn't his fault because he did. <laughs> Werner broke down in training, didn't he? We were led to believe. So Berlusic, yeah, yeah, Berlusic, yeah. But it was, yeah, those are the twists. So I've got to it remember was, not it, to do it that. It was funny as well because you know your 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 point and, and the first ever black box was that your one of your biggest regrets was backing in a kind of non mm. a, a player who wasn't who never played in the Premier League before. Yeah, and you know, and then you you said about Werner and you said, oh, he might need some time to adapt and all that. And I was like, yeah, this is very sensible. And then when you had him, I was like, oh, you've got to own shit. You've got against all your beliefs. It shows, doesn't it, that like little things like that can can cost you if you don't really back yourself so much. Yeah, and I, I was um, looking at it going, in, in my head, I was thinking, well, I reckon he'll struggle to start with. I'll start with Ings or someone like Ings or Vardy or someone a bit solid. Um, and it was Ings I went for. I'm not going to pretend I was going to have Vardy, but Ings has started well. And um, yeah. and then I'll I'll anticipate that he's going to struggle over the first three game weeks. And then when these good fixtures come, I might even be able to pick him up cheaper. Mm. That is exactly what's happened. And yeah, I, I, I didn't go yeah. with it. And I know it's hindsight. And I know people will go, oh, yeah, you would say that now. But I did genuinely think that. Um, I believe you've but, sold him now, haven't you? Yeah, I had to. Yeah, that was my, <laughs> that's my transfer this week. Um, yeah. I just felt that I couldn't, leak the value and I, I you know he, he could easily score against Palace of course he could but I, again I watched him against Spurs he got his first goal for the club but yeah he didn't really convince again he was far too wide a lot of the time and it, mm. he was wandering right and left and you know I want to see him doing what you know what Kane's doing this season and what Calvert-Lewin's doing which is like 
staying central and getting in the box and staying in the box, basically. Well, Kane's dropping deep and setting up some mm. as well, of course, but certainly Kane's having a good start to the season. And Calvert-Lewin epitomises the centre-forward at the moment, and that's what you want from Werner. It's not happening, though. Well, moment. Werner in the first game against Brighton, when he was playing up front, I thought he, he yeah. was threatening. You know, he won the penalty... He was lively. He was, you know, he, you know, and after that game, Chelsea fans I know were saying, "Oh, says we've missed a striker like this." You know, he's he's going to be absolutely brilliant and, and all that. And um, you know, then he then he has the difficult Liverpool game, and then he's moved over to the left. I, I, it's been three games. I'm this is why I'm still a bit reluctant to sell him because if if Pulisic is is back over the international break, then Werner is going to be back in as main striker um, against Southampton at home, which is a great fixture. Tough, isn't it? It's tough, but I, I think Pulisic is the key, and I, yeah, it, Pulisic isn't isn't going to be about this week. I think it, they'll give him the break, no. but I just think he's a bit fragile as well. That's the thing; like he has injury problems, and it's a hamstring, and he's an explosive player. It's difficult because I want Pulisic, and he's gone down to is he eight three mm. now? Um, yeah. But I, I don't know if I'll ever risk him because I want to see him play for three or four games before I would take him on. I think, and by then he'd probably be eight five. Bale's, Bale's in soon. Yeah, I know, but he's <laughs> he's in the same boat, isn't he? You, you expect mm. him to break down as well, but yeah. So that's my lesson. I've got to remember that next season not to be swayed by that. I've got to stick to my guns, and I really regret Werner now. And you know, those who didn't go with him. Well done, because it was it was a good decision, and and I'm sure you made that decision based on the stuff I was thinking as well. But <laughs> I think I think ownership ownership is is a, is a funny one because I think it, it kind of works the other way. Like I do like to bring in a player with low ownership. I do look at to see if if someone's low low owned to kind of make that decision. I, I use that more than a decision to bring someone in mm. when they're highly owned. In fact, I'd say the way I play is is the opposite. You know, if there's if there's two players who are quite similar in my view, and one's high ownership, one's low. I'd favour the low one, um, just because I like I like to I like someone like Pereira, basically, who you know finding the gem and finding someone who's who's a bit different. Um, of course, it can hurt when it when it goes tits up, <laughs> which it often does. Um, but you know, it's still it's nice to have one or two of those, isn't it? It's like yeah, that's why. You know, I've got Grealish at the moment. I really wanted Harvey Barnes, and I can't do that now unless I take a hit and. Um, Barnes will do well, I think. And he's one of those players that he's low ownership. Everyone, everyone's talking about him, but not everyone's got him yet. And he's in the England squad with Calvert Lewin. It's no surprise he started the season well, got good fixtures. So it's those kind of players I like getting them as well, because mm. um, it's just that sense of discovery you've got. But but with Werner, I just feared it. It was a captaincy, and we went through the captain matrix. And and as it turns out, I mean, will people captain him at home to Palace? I don't think they will, will they? Probably not. Not with not with Wolves against Fulham and. Everton in the form they're in, and you know, Salah versus Villa, and De Bruyne versus Lee. There's too many other options, isn't there, yeah. this week? So when when we when we started the season, I looked forward and thought Werner would be a strong captaincy pick in game weeks three, four, and five. I don't think he is. Maybe he will for the Southampton game if he bangs against Palace, but I just don't see it. Okay, let's look at some team stats um, from game week three. So picked out a few here, highlighted a few. West Ham's crosses, open play crosses down to seven, which is strange considering. Yeah. They won four 0 I mean, so they didn't rely on you know the width and the balls. And they've been they've been the most of the two weeks before that, as yeah, well, haven't they? The most were, most open play crosses. Absolutely, they were top for it as well. But Antonio yeah. still had a blinding game, didn't he? Oh, he was just he is so good. He's he's just unplayable, isn't he? When when he's in that kind of mood, I I, I would absolutely. I mean, I can't play against the average player of football, but to go up against someone like Antonio, I mean, so far so strong. He's he's just yeah, and I mean, he went down in price last night. 
I mean, you know, the fixtures are still bad. I'm thinking when West Ham come out of these fixtures in what game week eight is it? Yeah, game week eight, they've got Fulham at home. I mean, Antonio could be 6.1, 6.2 million. I mean, absolute lock in. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the factors in my Calvert Lewin thinking is because Antonio is a player I want looking ahead. Um, you know, and I might go there, I think, when the fixtures turn. But arguably, even when they don't, he still do a job. I mean, yeah. he has got City and Liverpool back to back, which it looks very tough. But he scored at Anfield, didn't he, last time out? So mm. he, can, he can do it there. But they need, you know, I don't know what happened with the crosses. Obviously, they didn't need them against Wolves, which yeah. is very odd. Um, Fulham, <laughs> by contrast, 36 <laughs> crosses against Aston Villa, but Villa just mopped it up. We said, didn't we, Mings and Konta would yeah. handle Mitrovic, and, and they did. I mean, well, I didn't. I thought I, I did Fulham were going to nick a win. <laughs> did you really feel that? I had a, I had a feeling, but no, they were terrible. So, yeah, yeah you I mean, could tell straight away. They were like, yeah, definitely not going to get anything out of this game. But Villa dealt with Mitrovic really well. I mean, they, yeah. those Conso in particular really catches the eye. I didn't. Well, that, that's 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 the problem with Fulham, isn't it? The, the the strategy is get the ball to Mitrovic and hope he does something. And if you've got defenders who can just keep a bit of a lid on him, then they're going to struggle. It's that that is going to be their season. They're they're going to really struggle for goals this season and and points. Yeah, it's not hard to shut down Mitrovic or Liverpool if you've got a good commanding centre back, which mm. a lot of Premier League teams have. In fact, most of them do. That's part of it, isn't it? You know, if you've got a Tyrone Mings or a Conta, both of them in form, they were able to shut him down. They, I mean, Fulham have got Lutman now, so they've brought some more unpredictability in, I guess. They need to do that. They need to have other avenues of attack. But it was so one-dimensional, wasn't it? It was oh. just so predictable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Also in there, like United, look at these. I mean, seven shots, very low for that. And the XG from Oakland played 0.69. So that was disappointing, but they still got the win. They still found a way. I mean, it was incredible with Trossard hitting the bar so many times. It four or five times Brighton hit the bar. Oh, it was just awful. I mean, as a Brighton fan, it was just such a painful game because the, the longer it went on, the longer we were playing as well as we were, I just knew it was going to go wrong. And it's, it's just, you know, talk about predictable. It's it's just, it's like the better Brighton play, the more chance they've got of of ending up with a loss somehow. It just, it just happens. It just happens so often. Well, I'm not going to, let's not dwell on it too no, much. No, but I mean, Bruno again, though, he played badly and still came out with, oh. I know, I was just like, and to pull it out of the bag in the, in the final minute, well, not even the final minute, was it? But I mean, fair play to people who got him in. I mean, you got your award, but um, let's, let's talk today. I think speculation might have an injury, but mm. I, you know, I don't think that's going to keep him out of the weekend. And it wasn't anything on show in that match, but he just, he didn't look on it at all. United don't I, look I, on it. I think that game, that game worries me for, for Bruno's sake, like in terms of not owning him, because I mean we called we called it the start of the season. Didn't we? we said Bruno's going to have bad games and still get penalties yeah. and still get points, and that's what he's doing. I mean United aren't going to stay this bad for for long. I mean what happens when Bruno's playing well and we haven't got him and he's getting points and penalties? It's he's he he worries me not not owning him. Yeah, of course, but you can't. You know he's such he's a, an investment, more. isn't he? Yeah. That's the trouble. Like you have to rip up your team to get that third heavy hitter in, and he hasn't yet done enough to convince me that I have to do that yet. But we know you kind of know it's coming. That's the problem. Mm. With you know a big week's coming, don't you? Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. We're also in there, City and Wolves. We talked about them already. Like 0.44, 0.4 xG from open play. I never thought I'd see City down there. Yeah. Um. You know, a home game against Leicester. We did say it was tricky, right? We. I picked Werner because I didn't think the Leicester game was an easy game for City, but I didn't expect that. Just didn't. 
Didn't expect them to struggle I, like they did. I thought they, I thought they'd win it. I mean, and Diddy, and Diddy was out. Yeah. Um, I mean, the you know, I think the, the Gabriel Jesus injury was a bad one because um, you know Sterling playing up front is is he hasn't got the same you know he hasn't got the same kind of instinct as he is as Aguero and, and Jesus have and then you know they brought on that um, the young uh, Rui de Lapsan mm. uh, who, who looks good but like is they, they then they started like punting balls towards him like they were stoke like, I don't know the, the game plan was very very strange really strange match that that city game um I just thought, and then like West Brom getting three goals in 20 minutes against Chelsea, like just four 0 West Ham. I mean, it, did did it actually happen last week? It's quite it's it's, like yeah. a weird fever dream. It is absolutely bizarre the results and the number of goals and, and yeah, and obviously the penalties which we'll speak about. But it, yeah, it was just quite. I mean, City just didn't really. They were looking around shell shock, weren't they? What Vardy yeah. was doing to them, but it was kind of predictable in a way. I mean, they must have known, they must have gone into that game thinking Vardy's the one who's going to be a problem to us. And yet they couldn't stop it. They couldn't. Their awareness of him wasn't good enough. That you know, he just he just took them apart in terms of he knew exactly what he was doing: get in front of the defender, draw the foul, draw the contact, not even the foul, and go down. And it worked. And yeah, they, they had a brilliant, a brilliant plan. I mean, you know, he was talking about getting on Rodri and not letting him play, and then you know the, the mistakes from Mendy, like which is just common, and you know the defense with Ake and um, Garcia just never looked comfortable at all. Like. You know, you look at you look at all the money that the Guardiola spent on the defenders and and how many mistakes they make and Rodri. I mean, dude, I don't I don't know what I think about Rodri. Is he is he that good? I never really see him. He's he's solid, isn't he? I mean, everything goes through him. Uh, he's you know he's a hub of things in midfield, I guess, and he has got defensive sensibilities as well. He, he can slot into the. He, he played centre back a couple of times, didn't he? When they were really mm. desperate last season. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know what he brings them really. Fernandino is obviously the a, a real high standard to hit when it comes to a defensive midfielder for them. So I don't think he's there yet. He's not, he's not the finished article by any means. But he's, he's a. You still think a team like that would, shouldn't have conceded five goals at home? Um, and after the Wolves' performance, it was a mystery because it, it just, you never mm. saw it coming at all. Um, I thought they'd win that game. I didn't think they'd murder them. I thought it'd be one or two nil, but. Just, that was our especially after you know the first sort of 10 15 minutes of that game it looked like Leicester were you know really looking to defend and and you know hit them on the break when they could and I was um you know I was saying the context was saying this, this strategy is never going to work like they conceded already to Mares like it's you know and then all of a sudden they started actually playing and really hurt them and I wonder you know you know I know, I know that the title of our podcast is about city bouncing back but Leeds Leeds are a, a bit of a funny team to be playing next because Leeds are going to go at them hard as well. I think they're going to take a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uh, good things from from watching what Leicester did and, and try and bring them in themselves. And City aren't going to have any breathing space at all. You know, I think if they were playing against a team like Palace or a team like Burnley next, who would sit back more, it would suit City a lot and they could end up getting eight goals and looking great. But I, I'm a bit worried about this. I mean, because I've, I've got De Bruyne captain, but... I'm wondering if it's really going to be that one-sided for, for City playing against... Well, we'll talk about the captaincy later on, but I think mm. you're right. I think it's a very unpredictable fixture. No one really knows what we're going to get there because Leeds have surprised us in yeah. in several ways. Like, they, you know, the performance at Sheffield United was very different to the one at Liverpool. Um, and so we don't know how Bielsa's going to 
what he's going to do for City. I mean, the thing is, we, we hold Bielsa up as this great manager, and, he, and quite rightly, he is. And so you kind of think that he'll have something in mind. He'll have something in store for this. It's almost like when they won promotion, he would have started thinking about how he's going to approach Liverpool, how he's going to approach City, the, the big teams. Because um, he surely will enjoy put, putting his wits against Pep and, and Jurgen Klopp. Mm. And he did, you know, in that first game, he did incredibly well. Um, so you've got to think that this is a big game for Bielsa and Leeds. Yeah. So very, about, very um, difficult to read. Did you hear about him getting naked? No, I didn't hear that one. No, was that was that, was that a personal text to you? Was it? Or was it? Oh God, no. Uh, well, no, I was reading a thing about when he when he has a loss. One of the ways he copes with it is he will take all his clothes off and go and lie on the massage table. Okay, I, I was and wondering I, whether it was going to involve his bucket, but it, I'm glad. I'm glad. It, I'm glad. It, that's I'm thinking that's probably quite a good incentive for the players. Interesting. To, um, well, I, 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 wonder, I wonder if he'll be naked after the city game. You've got to think he will be. But let's not. Let's change the subject. Let's look at. Let's look <laughs> at some team stats. Um, for the season so far and what you know we're talking about City and you know perhaps they need a bit of time to click Liverpool look at that top of all the major attacking yeah. stats so far um, you know just incredible uh, they've started like they left off and already you kind of think well City have lost one game how many can they have, how many points can they afford to drop I mean it's, it's silly to say you know yeah. it's in Liverpool's hands but and have a couple of defeats, and it probably is, isn't it? Because you just don't see Liverpool dropping many points at the moment, the way they're playing. No, I mean, you know, in the most unpredictable season ever, I think, it's you've got the most reliable team. You know, you know, Liverpool are just the one consistent, aren't they? Like everything else is chaos, but they're just, just picked up where they left off, delivering points. I mean, what's amazing with that table, though, is kind of the one stat they're not top of is the expected goals conceded. And top of that is Villa. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, wow. I was mean, it one point six five? I mean, they're, def- they're defending what's... incredibly well, and that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Conte and Mings, it's it's a good partnership. Cash has slotted in nicely. Target's yeah. doing a job. He's not Martinez, spectacular. Great signing. Yeah, I mean that that makes a difference. So, so Villa defensively, which is key when we talk about captains this week, because mm. Liverpool are playing Villa. You know, so it, it's, it's 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 a tough one to call that, isn't it? So yeah, it's. But yeah, you've got to say Liverpool outstanding at the moment. What's worrying here as well is like City are right down there, you know, um, in terms of um, most stats. But minutes per chance, six point four. It's not too bad. But when you look at you look at Liverpool, four point six. Yeah. So City are like seventh or eighth for for minutes per chance. You expect them to be top two at least, don't you? So it's got to. We anticipate it's going to change. We anticipate that City are going to click. Whether the Leeds game is going to be the one to do it. Just don't know. It's difficult to call. The other ones here I want to pick out is is Wolves. Uh, minutes per expected goal, 119.1. Way mm. down there. I mean, that's second bottom with West Brom. Yeah. And again, that really plugs into the captaincy this week because I'm thinking of Jimenez, but that really worries me. Um, but they have had, obviously, Man City. They've had Sheffield United. And then, obviously, the, the outlier, we hope, at West Ham. Um, so Man City and Sheffield United two strong defensive teams in a way um, <laughs> possession wise City are strong uh, what would you make of that do you think we'll see Wolves climb it I mean they're not massive you know stats beasts as it is Wolves always settle around like 8th ninth for most key stats but we didn't expect to see them down the bottom do we no and I mean you know I, I said it last week I mean Wolves aren't a team that, that consistently plunder lots and lots of goals they're you know people can get a bit kind of um I think people people kind of forget that they they don't really score that many goals in general. I mean, last like I said last season, they they can they scored as many goals as Southampton. Jimenez, I think, had 
either two or three double-digit returns all season. Uh, I mean, Fulham at home is pretty much the best game that you can get. But like I said at the start of the, the, the pod, I, I do wonder a bit. You know, they, they were very, very reliant on on the threat that came from Doherty and, and how advanced he got, you know, him, him getting into the box and, and shots. And they've completely lost like a major source of their attack now. Plus, they've had to rebalance the, the squad. And, you know, now they're playing with... Um, with with Neto and well, we're having been with Neto and Podence up front, and now Treo is going to move up there and things. So things are moving around up there too. I think there's going to be, I think there is going to be a bit of time, which which you know, which means they're going to have to settle down and and kind of regroup a bit. But they, they've just got the fixtures to to do it. I mean, the worry thing is, if, if you know, if they go against Fulham and just score one goal at home to Fulham mm. and have stats similar to this, and yeah. people have got Podence and Jimenez. Yeah, me. Is, yeah, is that you know, just do you? Do you you stick with that? You're putting a lot of eggs in that basket. I am, yeah. I, and it is, it is a worrying thing. You you kind of expect them to have plenty of joy against Fulham mm. um, with Traore and Podence if he's fit. Uh, and you expect him to get chances to get a double-digit haul. You're right. I think he only had three last season. He's not an explosive player, which puts me off the captaincy somewhat. Um, mm. So, you know, that that's really difficult. Um, interesting as well here on these stats, uh, Brighton's defensive capabilities look strong. Everton are their opponents at the weekend and they're both right up there. Minutes per chance mm. conceded. Everton 12.4 and, and Brighton at 12.5. So defensively, both those teams are strong. They're not as strong as, as Liverpool who are top of that as well as the attacking um, attacking um, variables. But yeah, I mean, Brighton defensively have impressed. So is Calvert-Lewin going to have his work cut out? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, Richarlison's an, an injury doubt. Allen's an injury doubt. Uh, I think Richarlison is 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 going to play. I think Angelotti said he'll, he'll be okay. But I mean, he's up against Lamptey, who's not going to make things um, easy for him uh, at all. Uh, Calvert Lewin, you know, he, he's not going to have that much space in the penalty area with White, Dunk, and Webster all in there as well. So I I don't think this is an amazing game for Everton. I mean, I'm biased as someone who doesn't know any of their any of their players and as a Brighton fan. Uh, but you know, I I, w- I would be surprised if Everton you know got three or four goals. In, in that match, I think oh, it's probably yeah. going to be a, a much tighter game um, than 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 that. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, look at Everton's first three games. I mean, they've had a relatively sort of easy run. I mean, Spurs were, were awful in that first match, and then they had West Brom, man sent off, and then they had Crystal Palace, who, you know, don't tend to offer that much attacking. Have, yeah, no, it's fair well. enough. Uh, and Brighton, I mean, look at Brighton; they've had Chelsea and United. And okay, an easy Newcastle game. So um, I'm more impressed by Brighton's defensive numbers than, than Everton's, frankly. Yeah, yeah. It should, be, should be an interesting game. This is it. When I looked at Cavaloon, I thought the next two are difficult because Brighton, on paper, the stats say they're, they're going to defend well there. Mm. And then they've got Liverpool and that, you, know, you don't expect Everton to get too many chances there. Um, so that's going to be an interesting game. It's, an, it's another test of Everton's credentials, I think. And yeah, particularly if Charlatan's not playing. I think Lamptey versus Dina would be very interesting. I've got yeah. Dina going into that game and... I don't fancy it really. Every you just want to see Lamptey play to see what he's going to do to teams. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of Lamptey, the Brighton right back. You've mentioned him, have you? No. What's his Yeah. I. He, <laughs> I mean, he's just so exciting to watch, isn't he? And being linked with Bayern Munich for twenty five million. Yeah. Right. Is it going to sell him for twenty? What did you? Million? What did you say? Forty fifty. Fifty. Fifty at least. Was it Martin Keown on Match Today the other day said that he thinks he's England's best right back already? Wow. That is. I mean, just do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're blessed with a lot of a lot of good right backs, aren't we? But I mean, you've got Trent as the absolute number one. But when you compare him to the likes of 
okay, yeah, obviously he hasn't got the consistency yet because it's his first proper year playing. But when you compare him to Walker and Trippier and Wambasaka, I don't think Lamptey is 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 that far is that far behind them. Um, he's going to be he's going to be in the England squad sooner or later. It's got yeah, I mean, it, I mean, end product he's not proven yet, but doesn't hasn't looked bad. His crossing looks pretty decent, and his yeah. pace, his work rate is ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, we'll see how he gets on against Evan. I think that's a very interesting fixture for him. Uh, some player data: these are you know, sorted by expected goals expected goal involvement non-penalty and there he is at the top Calvert-Lewin he's haunting me just doesn't go away 3.58 expected goal involvement non-penalty it speaks for itself it's hard to deny isn't it I mean what are we doing I mean yeah I mean expected goal involvement in this case I mean he's had three tap-ins right three tap-ins so that would that would be an expected goal of like nearly one right yeah so but he, he did it again. I don't, don't, don't know what my point is. He did it again <laughs> midweek. Three not I know. so. T- I mean, it doesn't like the, matter. It doesn't matter. Does in it? the it's... in the Carabao Cup, the first goal wasn't a tap in. I mean, that was the first oh, touch brilliant. and a finish. Yeah, exactly. See, they're, they're the kind of goals that, that, that worry me the most when he because you can his confidence is just yeah. absolutely sky high. I mean, you know, if if the fixtures were were easier, I think it'd be an absolutely no brain decision. But I'm I'm holding off on him until after the Liverpool match. You know, you know, he could go, he could rock it by then. That's the trouble, and then he's out of reach. So. He'd only rock it though if he gets a if he gets a haul against Brighton. If he scores against Brighton, I, I mean, I think he'll go up in price regardless of whether he scores against. Oh, Brighton. he's always about because, him anyway. Yeah, yeah, but people yeah. will look at oh, he's top of the top of the, the points chart, so I'll get him up front. You know, there'll be a certain amount of mm. that as well over the break. Um, I've highlighted Salah and Mane. Mane is third in this table, 2.78, expecting goal involvement, no non-penalty. Salah back on 1.79. Um, And Salah's actually been disappointed. No big chances so far this season, other than the penalties, of course. Um, And, you know, the Salah-Mane debate, week one, we were like, well, that's all over. Penalties as well. No, there's nothing to talk about here, but there is now, isn't there? I mean, Mane's performances in the last two and his points has got me thinking that, it's back on, isn't it? And a lot of people are now. If you're wildcarding, would you go Mane over Salah, or would the penalties count? It's so, it's so tough. I mean, you know, I think the penalties are still such a big factor that it's amazing Liverpool haven't had more. I mean, they had what two in that first game, and haven't haven't had one since. But they're probably going to start coming. And then obviously you've got Salah, you've got Salah taking them. I mean, you've also got Sterling as well at the same price. It's just it's just the fact it's that same price. This is this is what we were saying mm. at the start of the season. If it was 0.5 or, or one million less, I think you've got a real decision to make. But at exactly the same price, I, I, I still have to I, I still have to pack Salah. I, I, I can't I can't imagine having Mane and not Salah when they're both 12 with Salah on pens. Yeah, I'm surprised to see him in in the lineup tonight in the Carabao. Yeah. Um, that's a bit strange. I, I hope he can. I think, I think they've got knocked out. I think. Um, oh, Arsenal won, have they? Right. Also one on pens, I think. As long as Salad wasn't injured, that's fine. Trossard, your man down there. I mean, for six million, he's got to be a target. We've talked about him previously, but he really is hotting up. He's going to have his double figure return soon, isn't he? He's 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 just great. He's just he's just a great player. He's you know he's he's like Pereira, but he's got better players around him. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think he's an absolutely fantastic player, and he looks now to be actually playing more, not just getting hauled off at 60 minutes like he was last yeah. season. Yeah, I really like him. And and the fixtures are getting better for Brighton after this Everton game. So I think he's he's a really strong pick. So he's down on 1.31. Uh, 
Uh, Werner, 0.97, not where we expected him at this point in the season, but maybe we did. You know, we talked about him earlier in the mm. show and maybe it's not surprising he's not settled in yet, but God, he's while he's out the there. Rain. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah. The names above him, Mitrovic is above him, off the back of the Leeds game. My man Grealish is above him there, off the back of just two games as well. Um, yeah, he's been impressive, Grealish. Lots of touches in the box. Uh, but we're, we're going to see Werner shoot up there for sure. It's got to happen. Surprising to see Ings down there, isn't it? 0.93. Mm. And that shows the quality of his finishing. He's, he's, the quality of his chances that he's converted have been low. Yeah. Um, so he's behind Che Adams, his partner, who's up there at 1.52 expected goal involvements. Um, but Ings' quality shines through. And if you're going to get a Southampton striker now, it would obviously be Ings. But will Che do it for me? Will will he justify keeping him? I just, you know, difficult. Yeah. As in one of the things that there's two defenders on this list right down the bottom. Yeah. Uh, your mate Robertson down yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and and Keane, who yeah. I'm guessing is, is Will Keane from Everton. Michael Keane, yeah, well, set, oh, sorry, set pieces. Keane, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's Robertson is is a surprise this season, isn't it? Because I think, and that's another debate. A bit like Salah and Mane, uh, we thought that was never going to be discussed again mm. after the first game week. I never really thought we'd be three game weeks in and actually considering going Robertson over yeah. um, Alexander Arnold, but people are. People are I mean, saving the, the signs five. were there in the in the Community Cup yeah. game because because Robertson was was fantastic in that, and Trent was looking a bit kind of off the pace. Uh, I mean Robertson on corners as well. I think is a massive boost to to him. Yeah, I look I look at your team and and I see the, the Robertson and Trent double up. I think you're going to have that all season, and it's just going to keep it's just going to keep bringing in the points. Yeah, and and I and I think you know this is the point when we look at clean sheets in a bit. I think um, you know the, the emphasis has changed when you selecting defenders away from clean sheets to attacking points. Um, so you know Robertson is is a key component of that really. Um, Rince boy on the chat. Makes a very good point. Yeah. Before we move on, then one name missing off that list. Yeah, Vardy. Yeah. Where's Vardy? Like nowhere yeah. to be seen. I think is it. Obviously, he had two. Obviously, he had two um, shots in the box other than the penalties so yeah. far this season. His heat map. His heat map for shots is the penalty spot from where he's taken the yeah. penalties. It's, it's, unbe- it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Surely, I mean, I know he's a stats buster. Yeah, but... we know that, though, don't we? Yeah. Not to this extent, sure. No, and, and it's interesting. I think I was I was listening to FBL Wire, another brilliant podcast, and I think it was late. Where I was saying like he, he wouldn't he wouldn't select him, he wouldn't tip him as a select, you know? and I think that, that is obviously stats based, because even though we know he's never going to have the big numbers mm. and be up there, it is so stark this season that he, you know his reliance on penalties has been so great that mm. you've got to say at the moment there are Jimenez and Ings, even Werner, who we expect to do well, perhaps above him. Um, at the moment, which sounds crazy. I think if you're holding him, you're going to keep him. But would you yeah. get him in a wild card? You probably wouldn't. I don't think. I don't know. I'd be, I'd be tempted. I mean, a, a, you know, front three of of Calvert Lewin, Jimenez, and Vardy. You know, I mean, Leicester's two next two games: West Ham and Villa, both at home. I'll be backing against him to get points in that, and then after that, you you, you can move him to pretty down to pretty much anywhere. Yeah, you that's want. the appeal of him. You know, he's a bank, isn't he? You can hold him there, and he's not going to go down in value because he's. You know, that's that's when Werner might be playing yeah. up front again with Pulisic yeah. and Ziyech in. Martial might hit some form. I, 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 if I was wildcarding, I would I would be I would be I would be very tempted. General had him from the start, and he's it's perfect for him because he can hold him until you know Werner fires, and then he can make that switch and bucket a million. Clever stuff. Why at City? I can't. 
Uh, well, you know, you think you think <laughs> you play Vardy in that game, and you think I reckon I could get something. I wouldn't be surprised if Vardy gets something out of that. But you don't expect yeah, like a, a bloody goal, hat trick, goal. do you? No, exactly. <laughs> no, it's, it's oh, well, that moves us on to pens. We're not going to about talk about this too much, but it, it's crazy. Isn't it the, the penalties per match this season, this table shows it has gone up to zero point seven one. The the previous highest in the last five years, back in 2016-17, It's never got above 0.28 in the last five 20 years. penalties in yeah. 28 games. Yeah, six for handball. So what's interesting there, like we're talking about the handball as the reason behind it, but actually there's just been generally a lot of penalties. Mm. And and what's behind that? Is it, you know, is it defenders getting up with the pace of things? Is it, you know, referees just being more... I mean, it can't. it's not to do with the referees, sure. It's just got to be about... You know, attackers exposing defenders who are off the pace. I guess. I guess the referees are checking the monitor, aren't they? So it could it could it's be something to do with you know. It could, it could, I mean, it could potentially be more interesting you know, if there's any stats about how referees more likely to give a penalty when they consult the consult the monitor. Yeah, I I don't know. It's crazy. It's like every match you're expecting there to be a penalty. It's. Well, it's Absolutely not quite that. Bizarre. It's not far off. But but no. the news this week, of course, which which I, I you know I was just so relieved at seeing this that. The Premier League have come out and said that there will be a more lenient approach to awarding penalties for handball. Now, as we know, only six of the 20 have been for handball, but I hope it does reduce the number of penalties. And it, not all of them, they looked back at some of the decisions and the dire one would still be a penalty. Apparently. I can't understand that. I just cannot understand how that can be it. a penalty. That, 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 I, I, like, his arm's behind him and he heads it into his arm. I just don't understand. Yeah, but the, that... point, the point is, he, uh, apparently, if your arm is above your shoulder and it hits your arm, penalty. I, 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 just, I just don't agree with it. I just, don't, I just don't see how you can jump. You know, he, he jumps for the ball and misses it. His arm's going to be up because he's jumping for the ball. The, the, the ball then hits the other guy's head and hits his arm. There's absolutely nothing. The only thing he could have done, which arguably he should have done, would have been to have won the header, <laughs> which obviously would have been a lot better for the team. But you're basically punishing him for missing a header, giving a penalty away for missing a header. It's so, so harsh. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you're Newcastle, you've got Andy Cowell, you stick him on for the last 10 well, minutes. Exactly. And you do just that, can't you? I mean, it's, I know. You know, it's not going to. It's funny what Peter Crouch said as well. Like, if he was still playing, he'd be giving away penalties left, right, and centre. <laughs> yeah. Very true, Peter. Um, I think the good, the good thing. Sorry, I just, just, just really good. Yeah. The, the, the good thing about the, the, you know, them being a bit more lean is I think it hopefully will discourage any potential player just thinking I'm just going to boot their hands and not even going to aim for the goal. Yeah. I'm going to boot their hands and hope for the best. Like, at least if their hands are down and now it's not given, it's, you know. Yeah. And and, and I think we've got to be thankful for that. I do I do wonder whether there'll be more lenient, um, there'll be there'll be harsher on penalty decisions over this next weekend. You know when, you know when they actually make a, a change like this, mm. it goes from one extreme to completely the other. <laughs> yeah. And there'll be like some players chopping players down in the box and the referee will be a play on, play on. It, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I wonder if it'll go like that and then we'll be frustrated for another reason. Um, with VAR, you've got to think that's going to be difficult, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the number of pens this week drops quite significantly mm. because they'll want to show that the change has had an effect. The last mm. thing they want is another 10 penalties. Don't they? They'll they want to go, well, there you go. It's all fixed. Carry on watching and everyone's fine and dandy. Yeah, so could be right. it, it be will interesting. be interesting. Have a look at that stat uh, next week to see if it actually did drop. Yeah. It, I mean, but, you know, I the thing is, I was seeing wildcard you know, wild teams at the weekend with full of penalty taken and I, my head was in my hands. I was like, we can't have this, you know, because 
we you know we're out there trying to you know, do this kind of thing and drive content the last thing we want is just like well, the only advice we can give you is get penalty takers i mean that yeah. would just be a travesty wouldn't it and and yet you know before that announcement it was looking that way wasn't it and yeah. um horrible situation I'm I mean, you look at um, you look at like choice with Brighton again, but look at like Trossard and, and Mope. I mean, I think in terms of potential open play points, they're both pretty similar. Yeah. But then you pay 0.5 extra and you get penalties with Mope. So I yeah. think to me that he's still the best option, you know, in that and things are kind of there's, there's loads of players. I think the only the only real one that there's a difficult one is the Richarlison and, and Calvert Lewin one because I think that's going to be a lot closer. It is tight. And, and, and people are making a point that we, we gravitate towards penalty takers anyway. Ings, Jimenez, Cody mm. B, Salah. Of course we do, right? So we've got those players anyway. But it is those tiebreaker decisions on on those players. You know, and it would be a shame to go, well, I want Trussard because he's a great player, but I've got to go Mopey yeah. because of penalties. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that feels wrong. You know, you don't want that. And you don't want people going... Well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get like Norwood because he takes penalties for Sheffield United instead of instead of a more attacking midfielder in that price bracket. You know, it's that kind of thing. Not that Norwood's playing now, but that that's what we want to avoid. And hopefully, this this will be a step in the right direction. That's 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 the thing with this season. Like, you know, before we've had you know Ing, Ings taking the penalties. I mean, for three examples last year, the penalty takers were were they were they Ward Prowse for Southampton, um, yeah. Mark Noble for West Ham. And Milner for Liverpool, for example, and now you've got Salah, Antonio, Ings. So you know, good players already there who are now taking penalties. It seems to be a, a theme this season, as well as having more penalties. It's also the players we would have been considering anyway, taking the penalties more too. Whereas before, it was like kind of deep lying players or you know players you would never have in your team apart from just to have. I mean, it begins with, with um, Jimenez and, and Neves because they've shared them. Before, they did, yeah. They? Yeah, and Zaha's taken him for Palace now, of course. Exactly, yeah. So, so Milivojevic was the perfect example. Yeah. He was like the ultimate player to have in your team just because he's got penalties. And now it's Zaha, and that's only got a player who can have score from open play. Well, it's, it's Zaha well. until PVA gets back. Maybe Van Aanholt's going to change it all. We hope so, because then Van mm. Aanholt becomes a really nice oh, That'd be great, wouldn't it? It would be really good, <laughs> especially with him on Twitter and stuff as well. So lots of penalties. The, the kind of narrative is few clean sheets. So I thought I'd have a look back at the clean sheets from previous seasons. And it's interesting, like we've had two fewer fixtures because we had the the two blanks in game week one and we've had 13 clean sheets. So when you look back to last season, at this stage, we had 14 clean sheets. So we've only had one less. Hmm. And, you know, and you look back to season 2016-17, we had 14 after three game weeks there as well. So to be honest, I don't think it's, you know, we can say right now that we're going to have fewer clean sheets over the season. You kind of think that's going to be the case if the penalties keep up at the rate they're going to. But I don't think it's panic stations yet. Um, but having said that, I still feel that having attacking defenders is the way to go now. Mm. And and attacking returns is almost the what you want from your defenders and clean sheets second. Is, is that how you're feeling about it? I mean, having benefited from two budget clean sheets? Yeah, I mean, you know, after game week one, we were saying, weren't we, that, that defenders were the ones that were scoring all the points. Dean got a big haul, Sace got a big haul, you had um, Castagna who got a big haul. You yeah, know, this, you know, there's, there's, there's loads of attacking defenders out there. Uh, this is why, to me, it, it feels like the 4.5 defenders, I think, is good value. I think, you know, Lamptey, Ailing, Walker-Peters are all good value at 4.5. And then you can pay more up to the 5.56 bracket and get some proper attacking defenders, which is why I like Semedo. I mean, I know his stats at Barcelona weren't very good, but 
you know, he, he, he was he, he dribbles a lot, and I think he is he is going to have to kind of become the next Doherty to to fit into the system of how of how Nuno wants him to play. Um, I think the five. I think there's there's some good options around the five bracket. So Reese James, for example, I think he's probably the most attacking defender there is at the moment. Um, but if you're asking me, you know, if I'm happy to pay the extra point five point or one million to, to move up from a five to a six, like Dean or, or someone, then I am. And Robertson and Trent. I mean, you know, Ro- Robertson, Trent, Dean, and James, which you've got, it's very strong. Yeah, I mean, uh, the way I look at it and the way I, I want to hold on to them because I, I, there's a lot of people saying, oh, you, you, you're going to need Fernandes and you're going to need more up front. And I, I do understand. But the thing is, what, one of the reasons why I like having them is it makes the game fun and watching yeah. matches fun because I, I watching Liverpool the other night when Liverpool conceded that ridiculous goal and Robertson was to blame, I still didn't think, I still thought, well, there's still plenty in this for me because mm. Trent's going to get something probably. And then Robertson popped up. I didn't expect that, but... And then when Chelsea play and they conceded three, James was like running riot and he didn't get anything from the game, but he still he got a bonus point, didn't he? Mm. From just supplying all those crosses. And then Dina the same, you know, he's he's always a he, the whip. He provides the whip, him and Coleman. So every Everton game I'm gonna expect a chance or something. And it just makes watching football more fun. And that's the reason we play fancy football. Yeah. Or it should be. Um it's he's the, not I mean, rid of Ben Davies. Because he doesn't go past the halfway. Yeah, exactly. So you you want to have defenders that promise you something and keep your interest. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't. It's debatable whether fancy football makes watching football more enjoyable. I don't know what you think about that. It's probably oh. a big topic, but do you think it does? I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I'll tell you what. If I keep Werner and I and and Chelsea get a nil nil or one nil from Werner and Havertz don't do anything, I'm gonna abs- I'm gonna have the worst weekend. Because every goal that goes in for these other players, like Calvert Lewin and, and Jimenez and all these guys, are just going to ruin my rank even more, and I'm going to be miserable. So, no, I don't, yeah, think, it's not it, what you want. I don't think it does. No, I mean, I like having a player in every match that's got a chance of getting me some returns. And the thing about clean sheets and Josie this is says this is that when the goal goes in, the clean sheet's gone. You want to have a hope that you can still yeah. get something, and that's what those four get me. And it's interesting what you say about miserable watching matches and so I was listening to the to always cheating podcast and Brandon and Josh on there said that there was um I don't, I don't know who they were referring to but someone said well, you can tell people who play fancy sports because they're miserable all the time and yeah it's like <laughs> yeah it, there's there's a lot in that I, I, I chuckled when I heard that because there's an element of truth in that because you yeah. know we we try and play fancy football to make football more enjoyable but actually most of the time it just it makes us look at a match very differently and I guess I watch more football and therefore I think I enjoy it more because I watch matches that I otherwise wouldn't. Mm. But there are matches you watch and you don't really enjoy it. You're just like, oh God, this is awful. It's going really badly. And you're going to have that with Chelsea straight away. Yeah. 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 I mean, with, with, with defenders as well, it's, it's interesting how much it's gravitated away from centre-backs. Because, you know, you, you look at defenders, the, mm. the points, defenders' scores. I mean, you know, you had, I mean, when Ivanovic signed for um, West Brom, you know, everyone's talking about how much of a legend he was, how many points mm. he got, and all that stuff, and all those great memories. You look at his total points, and I mean, I think, I think his best season was like 170 points or something. I mean, he's getting absolutely blitzed by, you know, Trent and, and Robertson now. And, you know, you've got other defenders now, like Dean, who's getting sort of around, sort of, who could easily hit that mark. But I don't know, you kind of, it's kind of, there's more of an expectation now on the kind of fullback players. And, and the way they play now is so. I mean, look at Walker Peters. I mean, Walker Peters is a 4.5 million defender. He is so... They play such a high line. 
that he's like, he's just a winger. They are wingers. Yeah, like Robertson yeah. is that for Liverpool. And that's yeah. how we've got to look at him. You know, I look at Robertson, he's a £7 million midfielder, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's why I really want to hold on to him. I don't know if my resolve will be tested. I'm sure it will be because elsewhere in my team, I'm, I'm going short because of those four. But I just want to cling on to them because I enjoy having them so much. Yes. Yeah. They bring me a, a lot of fun when I watch them play. So. Exactly. And I mean, you know, Bain, I think Baines and Ivanovic, they were the anomalies. Yeah. But now someone like Ben Davies, he's the anomaly because he doesn't get forward. It's what you, you know, expect, right? It's what you, you expect them. Exactly. You, you expect want to the get fullbacks to be getting, getting high up the pitch. You want to be picking fullbacks now to get you 10 assists a season, which yeah. sounds ridiculous, but that's the, that's the bar now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And Dina, James, Alexander Arnold, and Robertson, I think all of them will get 10 I assists. Hate, I hate that you've got those four. <laughs> Don't worry. You'll see the rest of my team isn't quite so great, I'm sure. Um, and then let's look at this now. This is early transfers, and I just wanted to talk about this because it is an issue which we talk about every season. And I have done a lot of early transfers, and I've done it again this week with... Jimenez in for Werner, which we've mentioned already. Mm. Um, you look at those dates and times there. I mean, they're all like early hours of the morning, apart from the Jimenez one. And that's <laughs> five to 11. That shows you my habits. Um, you know, if I had a one, quarter past one there, the first couple I made, Dino and Grealish. You know, it's, yeah, it's bad, isn't it? I shouldn't be doing transfers at that time of night. Um, but the, the key point here is the, is the swing in funds that I've got out of doing that. Um, and that is like the price rises I've gained and the price drops I've avoided. Those swings, it comes to 0.9. Yeah, you know, Jimenez mm. in for Werner, Podence in for Saint Maximan, De Bruyne in for Aubameyang, and uh, Grealish in for Pulisic, and Dina in for Vanagua. I'm happy of all those players coming in, but I'm happy that I made them early because I've you know, increased my funds. So I'm up to, you know, I'm not, my team value's not great though. People who wildcarded have got more. So, so minor 0.3. Right. Just Is that your swing? At, just having a look at mine now. Yeah. Right. 0.3, so. Yeah, and I, I and this is this is what doing early transfers gets you. It is a risk, though, and I I totally appreciate that, and I know I shouldn't do it, but I just hate leaking money, and that's why I do it. And so far, I think I've got away with it. I haven't had an instance yet. Last season, it was the Martial one, which I did early. He picked up an injury, and I held on to him for seven weeks, and it probably <laughs> ruined my season, as we talked about in the summer. I haven't had one of those yet. But who knows? I mean, we could hear tomorrow that Jimenez has got injured in training. God forbid. But you know. Well, look, look at people who bought in um, Gabriel Jesus last week. Yeah. Uh, Luke, Luke, Luke's got um, Richarlison and has already made transfers. So he's he's sweating on his fitness. I mean, Podence, perfect example again. Yeah, Podence. So many people moved for him, didn't they? Yeah, that's true. I and mean, I don't see that as a major problem because he was a 5-5 player. And, you know, it wasn't a big signing. And most people have got a defender or someone like Suchek, like I've got, to come in. Um, but when it's Jimenez or on that level, when it's De Bruyne, you want to be certain you don't want to take too many risks. Um, but I just think the market drives me to it. And you manage to resist it more. What What is it that, I mean, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> not, not very well. I mean, you know, to be fair, I mean, you, you've really done a move this this week, which is, which has got you point two, which was um, Werner to Jimenez. Mm. So that, that got you point two. I didn't even think about doing that and then I literally logged onto Twitter the next day and I saw loads of people were talking about how they'd done it and I was like that didn't even occur to me to do that so in the middle on, of it. Honestly it didn't occur to you. Did not even no. I mean I didn't really want to sell Vern. I was still thinking oh he's you know he's had okay he hasn't scored in this game but it didn't make me think oh he's a definite sell. Um I, I was even... thinking about that transfer 10 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Honestly as soon as I saw him out on the left and how left he was and Yeah. Maybe that's the difference. I just I I I mean, I, I, I 
I like to make my transfers late. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I've, I've made my transfers a lot earlier this season than I have done before. I mean, I, I had to get Vinegar out because I didn't want to lose that point one. Um, I did the Aubameyang to KDB switch early because I wanted, you know, I knew KDB was going up. But then my transfer this week was just Ben Davies to Semedo. Okay, Ben Davies might be losing point one, but Semedo's not not going up, so it wasn't it wasn't urgent. Uh, no, I get I get it. I completely get it. And I'm looking at people's team values now of you know 101, 101.5, and I'm thinking. I mean, I know, I know I'm, I'm being patient with the wild card. I'm going to have the wild card in a few weeks, but wild card's not exactly much good if I can't afford anyone. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. People say, well, it's not team value, it's points. And I, of course, that's the case. But when I look at it and go, well, you know, if I've got another 0.5 in my team value that you haven't got, mm. you're not going to turn that down, are you? You're not going to go, oh, it's not value, it's points, but I'll, I'll, I'll pick a team for 99.5 million and you can have the 100 million. You're not going to do that. So it does matter. Um, but I think it matters to me too much, and I, I worry that. It, and I'm good. I'm glad that you do things differently because it'd be interesting to see how, the, how it works over the season. Um, you know, I'm I'm okay with how it's gone so far, but I'm wary that I am running a risk. And Podence and De Bruyne weren't brilliant transfers, but obviously I look at those two players and think well, if Podence is playing every week or most weeks, he's still a good long term mm. investment. And I've made and I've stopped losing. You know, I've not two swing, which is good. So even though he didn't turn up. I still think that's all right, as long as he's back yeah. soon. Um, but we'll see how it goes over the season. It's just fascinating that we're working different strategies. I think my, my issue my issue is, and I think it's, it's different, I think it's counter to how a lot of people think, is that they're worried about like not getting Calvert-Lewin in because he's going to carry on scoring and be too expensive and all this. Mm. Whereas I'm worried that the players I sell are going to start hitting form and I'm not going to have them. And that's going to annoy me more than if I avoid Calvert-Lewin. And as I think about that just now, because that's just that's just kind of come to me, I think that probably isn't a good way to 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 be thinking, because I should surely just be going for the players who are in form and are likely to score points, not ones who yeah. I'm hoping that are going to hit that are going hopefully going to hit form. Um, I mean, if I if I wildcarded this week and I sold Havertz, Martial, and Werner, and they all banned, I would. I would be genuinely devastated. But I'm going to be devastated if they all blank at the weekend anyway. So but what have they got to do before you go, I feel good making that then? I, well, I, the thing with Chelsea is that I want to see them, as I keep saying, I want to see them full strength. And I think that is coming. I think that is that is going to be the case after the international break. Unless unless Lampard is lying even more. It feels like you and Martial. Well, this is, it. This is what you've got to worry season. about. I know. Because Pulisic is fragile, and I, you know he's not going to say, "Oh yeah, Pulisic is months away," and I don't think he is. But you just don't the, know, the trouble, do you? The trouble is, is that it's, it's Chelsea's games, isn't it? Because I've I've held them through some quite rough games, and now they've got Palace at home, then Southampton at home, and then they've got United away. So I kind of feel like oh, so it's, I think I said game week four. So game week between game week five and six, that to me does seem like a good wildcard yeah. week. Um, especially, if, you know, if I've got this team up until then, because then that gives me some good data to assess. It gives me some fixture swings. The only issue is is the kind of the price drops. But, you know, you never know. Maybe at that point there's going to be some cheaper players in who everyone wants and price is going to be less of an issue. Because, I mean, like Podence, for example, at the start of the season, there was no 5.5 decent option apart from St. Maximan, who I never wanted, and Armstrong. Arguably maybe. never, never did. <laughs> but suddenly Poland has created a quite a, yeah. an attractive proposition. And also around game week six and seven, Suchek's going to be getting some decent fixtures in. So he's five million. He opens the doors to some 
some better players. So I don't think it's, you know, I think Andy said it on, on one of the on one of the early scout casts. It's like you can always kind of find a way around it. I know like you might not be able to build like the ideal team. I can... don't I don't like that though. When I hear people say that, I I, I mean that's like it's like Yes, there's always alternative players. But if I said to you, right, when you pick your initial squad, I'm going to go in and take 10 players away. But it's all right. There's plenty of others there. You wouldn't go, <laughs> yeah, all right then, would you? So I don't I don't get that theory that, oh, don't worry about team value because there's always other routes. Well, of, saying, course, saying, of course obviously, there's other players. Obviously, but... obviously it's important. I'm not saying like, don't disregard it at all. But I think you can you can worry about it. You can worry about it too much. I think, you know, you, you, you there, there are ways of... of of building a team around around you like you know i can i can name you some some players at the start of the season who we weren't i mean Pereira now is is a fairly decent option trossard at six million you've got mope antonio 6.5 you've got adams who i hadn't considered but now is looking quite good you've got suchek like these are suddenly i didn't think any of these budget options i thought it was all about the premiums at the start of the season and now suddenly we've got quite a few enabler type players who who can come in so I, I am worried when I look at some people's squads and I see what they're building with 101, 101.5, but it's not the first time I've seen people with, with high team value and, and managed to do well in the season. So do I completely need to chuck out my whole strategy of back Chelsea when they've got their full strength teams, they spent 200 million and I think Frank can get the best out of them. I think United are going to carry on doing quite well. And I, I quite like my team in general. Am I going to throw that all away just because I'm worried that I'm going to be 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5 down in a few weeks? I, you know what I mean? I, I just don't know if that's the best way. I've never, I've never played like that before and done okay. So why? No, it's fine. Sure it, it's just really because obviously, you know, doing this show with you, we're finding differences between our styles. Mm. And I think it's really interesting. And certainly, I'm not saying mine's the right approach at all, but I find it interesting that we're going to do this show together and I'm going one way perhaps a bit more extreme than you and we'll see how it works out because uh, I'm, ba- I'm basing a lot of my stuff on just stubbornness and like well, fear of my players I'm backing delivering when I haven't got them. See, <laughs> stubbornness has sounds... been my problem so I want to avoid that I'm almost sensitive to it you know I'm yeah. almost like I, I don't want to come across as stubborn so I'm maybe jumping early and that's a mistake I mean there's so the fact is there's so many mistakes you can make playing this game right no one's getting it perfect are they we're all making mistakes here there and everywhere they might be subtle they might be bloody obvious but um I just think the contrasting styles on the show here is quite interesting so it's good for us you know it's going to be yeah yeah absolutely yeah well, I, I, to be fair I'd, I'd rather listen to you I think if anyone's no no it, it's, it's, it's very I mean Sage vlog says as you're being blindsided by Chelsea and I, I, I'm just I don't really agree with that I mean the West Brom game is such a freak game. It was, yeah. Like 3-0 down after 20 minutes. Like that is, I know Chelsea haven't been great, but like no one in a million years would have thought of that. And they recovered it. They got three goals and, and came back and drew that game free all somehow. I know, I know they're not right, but their squad isn't right. They're, they're so unbalanced in their squad. And I just think when he gets those players in... It's, it's gonna it's gonna completely turn around, and that Southampton game, I just think that's such a good. I, I, I agree with you, but the problem is, when they do turn it around, I'll be picking up Havertz for 0.5 less and Werner yeah. for 0.5 less than you pay, and that's the trouble. But I will I will admit defeat after the Southampton. If the Southampton game comes and goes, and they are and they haven't delivered, then I will I will right. be like it will take a big performance in that game right. for for me to for me to keep them. I think if okay. they if they. If they've got the players back and they don't look right in that game, then they're going away to United. 
they're out. Yeah, I mean, this is what I see on Twitter. People going, "You're mad, giving up on Werner. He's going to come good." Of course, he is. He's going to mm. come good. He's a quality player. It's almost like the people who are holding and feel like, well, he's mine exclusively and I've got him now and you won't ever be able to have him. Well, I can. I just get him back and cheaper in a three or four weeks. So, yeah, that is how I feel. But I'm some people feel like that, don't they? <laughs> yeah, you, you, I might be making a mistake, but what's stopping me getting him back in? I in feel like you're weeks? a traitor now to Vernon. Yeah, well, maybe. You, 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 don't, you don't deserve him. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, going, to, going up to Vernon is going to be more difficult than going down. You know? So if you've got Vardy going down to Vernon, you're in a great position. Uh, me less so but I'm just saying that when people you know get angsty about oh you've got rid of Werner you're making a mistake and there's a bit of that on Twitter obviously I'm I'm, I'm realising that now I'm realising the darker <laughs> side of Twitter it's almost like they feel like well he's my player and you'll never be able to get him back now and it's like what's going on here why do they think they've got exclusive rights to Werner if they haven't I'll get him back if I need to you and he'll be you cheaper you sell Werner for Calvert-Lewin though and Calvert-Lewin yeah. goes up 0.4 you're not going to get Werner back in for Calvert-Lewin. But then do you need to? Because if he carries on doing well... It, I, I don't know. Him. I think if uh, I think with Calvert-Lewin, we're almost half expecting him to hit a dry spell. And when we have signs of that, people will get off him, I think. And and also, when, when he does have a dry spell, he's going to drop quickly, um, like Werner has, because of the ownership. So, I don't know. You've got to play the markets cleverly, haven't you? Mm. And I'm just saying that I'm just surprised sometimes when I see on Twitter people getting... Well, I'm in the Werner camp. Well, I'm not out of the Werner camp permanently. I'm just out of it for now. You should be. Well, banned, okay, I should banned, be banned from having. That would make the game very interesting. If like, if you sold a player, you couldn't oh, get him back for get him ten back. weeks. Oh yeah. Or for a period that of time. That would suit me. That would suit me well. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, let's look at the fixtures because we're uh, it's a long show again. As um, okay, let's talk through some of these quickly. So Palace Chelsea. You're not going to watch that and enjoy it, are you? Because you've got to get something from Werner and Havertz. So you're good. if they don't deliver there, you're still going to hold them for Southampton. <laughs> Look well, at your I'm, face. I know. <laughs> I'm stressing my finger. But I mean, the, the, the sensible move for me is, I still think, is to take the hit and just move Werner out for Jimenez. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not completely against against right. doing that because I still have Havertz and, you know, uh, you know I, I, I'm not I'm not massively in the Werner cut. I think, you know, if he if he plays on the left again, against Palace. Um, he is up against Joel Ward this time, which is fairly... You fancy that, do you? I do fancy that. I'm not a big mm. fan of Joel Ward. Uh, if he was up against Mitchell, I think it'd be different. But I think Werner could get something out of out of this game. But I can't see if Ziyech and, and Pulisic aren't going to be back. There is there is a lack of creativity, like someone just said in the chat, um, in Chelsea. So I can't see them getting three or, or four in that. I think it's probably going to be maybe a 1-0 or a, maybe even a 1-1. One, one. Okay, Everton Brighton. We've already talked about. I think that's a test for Calvert Lewin there. You know, I think mm. I think White is is an athlete as well. I think that's going to be an interesting conflict there. And and Dunk obviously in the air. You think they got it covered, but Calvert Lewin, he, he's got a leap on him. You just don't know, do you? It's whether the Charleston plays, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, a, a left side against Lamptey with Richarlison and Dean is is quite scary. I want to see that. I want to see Lamptey yeah. up against those two. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Again, though, I, I, I don't think Brighton are going to give them much. I mean, when I saw when I saw Brighton's lineup against United, you know, Basuma was out. They played Lalana. They played um, Trossard. They played Connolly. They played a really attacking team and still managed to restrict the number of chances United got. I know they conceded three goals, but they, you know, they they weren't. It, it was nowhere near as, as as you know easy for them as the scoreline made out. So, I think whatever team Brighton put out, Everton are going to struggle to really 
re- you know really get a hold of the match. It's not it's not going to be a comfortable game for them. Yeah, and Brighton are going to pose a threat as well. Um, how many times they're going to hit the woodwork? Uh, Leeds, Man City. Then this is the one, isn't it? Man City. Yeah. We expect them to fight. You know, to really strike back, bounce back, and and get two or three goals. And but it's what to expect from Leeds is the problem. I honestly have absolutely no idea. I'm expecting goals. That's the only thing I will say, which is why I'm, I'm sticking with my KDB cap. Um, I, th- I think it, it it could be 3-4 to see. No, you think it's going to be that kind of game again? I think it's going to be that kind of game. I think it's going to be similar to the Liverpool game. I think Leeds are just going to go at them and they're going to cause loads of problems for them. But City will have just enough to, to get them over the line. I, I, think it's, I think it's goals. It's going to go man to man, I think. Because yeah. that, that kind of makes sense. And I think the, the, the key... Sterling's the key player, I think, because I, I mean, if I had Sterling, I'd captain him. If I, had a trans- I? Yeah, if I had a transfer, I'd even be tempted to go Salah to Sterling for one week yeah. if I had the balls to do that. Um, it's a real kind of late-riser transfer, that. But yeah, I don't know, he's going to captain him. And I think he could do well out of him because yeah. we know he can explode. And I think that, at the start of the season, when we looked at the captains, that we, we'll see with the captain matrix later... He he was the one we picked out. So I think City win that. I just don't know. We're either going to get we're going to get surprised. We're either going to get a five four like you say or one nil. I just don't think it sits in between. It depends what Bielsa does. What's he got up his sleeve? Newcastle Burnley. Not much to say there. That's got nil nil written all over it. Surely. <laughs> yeah, or a one nil either way with Wood or Wilson popping up near the yeah, end. It's going to be what's that match number seven or eight or match of the day? <laughs> do you reckon? Surely. Leicester yeah, West Ham sure. the next day. Um, interesting. I think Antonio will cause some problems. Like, mm. yeah, you'd think Leicester, who coped with Man City, would cope with Antonio, but you just don't know. I think he's such a different. He's uh, you know he's a different animal that, you know, mm. to any other striker in the league. That any defence is going to be troubled by him. Yeah. Um, so I I can see West Ham scoring and causing Leicester problems, but I guess it depends if Vardy gets the pen. Harvey Barnes, I think, is going to do well again, which is going to annoy me. Yeah, I, I really like Harvey Barnes, and I really like Castagna. Um, I think he's five point seven now, so he's going up, and you know, they've got Pereira coming back, so it's probably going to be Castagna moving over to the left, and then Pereira playing. I mean, Pereira is going to be an interesting shout when he's when he's back in the team um, as well. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of torn between Semedo and and Castagna. Uh, I was a bit short on Castagna, but I could have done it if I'd got Jimenez in for Werner. But I'm backing Semedo for some reason. Yeah, Pereira <laughs> could be another one of those ten assist fullbacks when he comes back. But I don't know. I don't think I don't know if he's in the same bracket as as Dina. He's, he's up there mm. for sure. He's got more goals in him, I guess. But and mm. uh, West Brom. You know, Che Adams. And Danny Ings, you've got to expect them to get returns in this game, haven't you? Mm. Well, I there's have. goals in this one as well. I think this could be a two-all. Two-all. West Brom two scored all. two goals. You think? Yeah. So you're not going to get much from Walker Peters. You're going to get your assists from Walker Peters. Going to get my assists from Walker Peters right. and my goals from Pereira. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I mean, you know, West Brom are. You you kind of think they're going to concede, but the three goals against Chelsea, you didn't see that coming, and maybe they are going to surprise us again. Yeah. And Callum Robinson could be the budget pick. We've been looking for up front. Maybe it's not about Brewster. Talking of Brewster, he could be going to Sheffield United and they're mm. at Arsenal. This is a tough one to call. I mean, Sheffield United have really struggled. Uh, is it a tough one to call? Arsenal do you think Arsenal going to... Yeah, you, you, last season you'd look at that and think Sheffield United would be capable yeah. of getting a result. This season... 1-1 one, one or something. No. I, I can't think that Sheffield United have just suddenly turned into a relegation-threatened team, which is what the results say. But surely that isn't the case. 
What's going well, on? They've lo- I mean, they've lost, not only have they lost Henson, which, okay, I, I said probably wouldn't be that big a factor, but does seem to be, but losing mm. O'Connell as well. I mean, yeah. he is such an important part. He's out for the season, I think, isn't he? They, they said. So that opens up Ampadu or Robinson at the back, and I guess you're not tempted. Even no. even at 4-5, four, 4-4, four, four, you wouldn't be God, tempted. no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, the Sheffield United centre-backs have a history of not being attacking anyway. So if we're both sticking with the attacking defender strategy, then mm. then they're out anyway. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're awful options, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be going near them right now. I mean, if I had a Bamiyang, um, if I still kept him, I'd, I'd be considering him for the armband this week. You fancy it, yeah. Uh, Wolves, Fulham... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything up at Wolves, but I think there's something up at Fulham. I mean, I want to bring this oh, t- this, God, yeah. this tweet up from Tony Carton. <laughs> yeah. um, I apologise to Fulham supporters for our performance tonight. We looked, we looked to add centre backs at Wembley. I'm sorry we haven't yet. Two COVID, blah blah. blah. He's basically making excuses and trying to win favour and apologising for the performance. It's unbelievable. What do you mean yeah. centre backs there? I've been like, oh, cheers, I know. Tony. <laughs> I know. Faith in me, you've got thanks, mate. That's a problem. If if you if you looked online and your employer was apologising for you, you wouldn't be very happy the next no, day. No, that's no. It's, it's it's. I mean, like you say, like they're just they're, they're so one dimensional. I can't remember a more one dimensional, seeing a more one dimensional team than just get the ball to Mitrovic and hope he does something. Um, it's it's a it's a great it's a great fixture for Wolves to to bounce back from that that yeah. West Ham game. Yeah, you've you've got it. I mean, all the sensible money is on a comfortable. You know, three nil, two two three nil win. I, I don't know if it's going to be that comfortable for them. Though. I think it's going to be more a case of let's just get the win and and sort of go on from there. I, I don't think it's going to be a mauling for Wolves. Well, if Wolves were in better form, you would predict that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to say what form they're in. They've only played three times, so but it's just that West Ham result has really thrown us. Mm. Fulham, there's no doubt, are in real trouble. I mean, it was another morale boosting three nil defeat to Brentford tonight in the Carabao Cup. So yeah. it's like. It, they're in real trouble. Um, obviously, they've got to bring players in, and Parker's got to hope they job. But yeah, people are talking about they're relegated already. It's hard to disagree, isn't it? I mean, as far as whipping boys go, Fulham are the Indiana Jones of whipping boys, aren't they? Really, it's just like they're they're going to get whipped a lot. I mean, Norwich were bad last season, and people were backing players against Norwich, maybe six, seven games in. But these yeah. guys, you know, you just got to, you know, we're only looking at him and his captain because he's playing Fulham. Yeah. I mean, the, the the difference between Fulham and West Brom, and like James Stevenson says in the chat, is that Parker hasn't got the experience in, in the Premier League. Right. So, you know, West Brom, OK, maybe, squad-wise, maybe they are kind of relatively similar, but you've got, they've got Slavan, who, yeah. who is a, he's a good, you know, internationally recognised manager, whereas, I mean, pa- Parker did an amazing job getting them, getting them up for the Championship, don't get me wrong, but has he, has he got... I mean, he hasn't got the squad that he wants for a start because he wants players anyway. He's working with a, an owner who's making things more difficult for them too. Um, and and he hasn't got the experience to really know exactly how to get results. So, yeah, a bit worrying. They've gone the other way. They spent too much last time and went down. This time, mm. they're just going to go against that completely. But same result, and it could be even worse. Um, United Spurs... There's a lot of beef there. Um, it's a hard one to call. I mean, I, I don't look at that and think there's a captain in that game, but Bruno could surprise us, of course. I'm, I'm quietly confident with Martial for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Yeah, why would that be? Just because <laughs> law of averages, you should do something. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking that United United last season had a, had a good record against against kind of the top six 
teams and, and, and the good teams. And I think, you know, Spurs have played a lot. They've, you know, played in the Cup. They've got their Europe again tonight. They played a strong team tonight as well. So they were at home, which is good because they haven't had to travel kind of around the world. But, you know, United have, have rested all their players in the in the Cup and still got through. And I think Martial could cause some damage against Spurs' backline, which doesn't inspire much confidence, in my opinion. So I think there's goals for United in this one if they want it. Yeah. It's the kind of game they need, I think. I think they need like a, a more difficult game rather than, yeah. you know, playing playing teams who they think they're probably quite complacent against. Like Palace and Brighton, they probably thought they were going to roll them over quite easily. Whereas Spurs should at least kind of spark them. Spot up a bit. And if they click, I mean, that changes a lot of wild cards overnight. Yeah, exactly. People, if you wild card now, you're not going to have two or three United players. But if they click and Rashford and Martial do something, suddenly they're yeah. back in it. So mm-hmm. it could easily happen. And Villa Liverpool, nice one to end on. I'll have Jack in that game. And I'm with Barkley signing this week. I'm encouraged by that. I was mm. listening again, I was listening to Planet FBL. They did a correspondence clash with Adam Hopcroft, who is Mr. Villa of the FBL scene. And Adam was saying if he had any asset going forward for Villa, attacking asset, it would be Grealish, which you could mm. predict. But I was happy to hear that. I'll, I'll take that from yeah. Adam. Yeah. You're um, keeping him in, are you? I, well, I wasn't. But now with Barkley there, I'm interested in seeing whether or not he does anything to convince me. And this is a good game for that because I want to see what Grealish's role in this is. If Dean Smith goes for it, then Grealish will offer some attacking threat. If he, if he looks to contain them, Grealish will be more more involved in keeping you know, Liverpool from going near their, near their goal. So I'm, I'm interested to see what we get there. Um, but yeah, I, I quite like owning Greedish because he's, he's always so involved. And he's mm. always, like what he's doing this season, even more so I expect with Barkley there, he's, he's attracting defenders to him. So he's going to get assists just by bringing people to and laying it off for Hurahan or Lewis or Barkley to strike it from 25 yards and score. He'll get three or four assists like that. Yeah, really jammy assist just by simple passes because defenders are just swarming on him. Mm. Um, so I like owning him, but Barnes is the one I really want. But I, I mm. almost want to try and get them both. But mm. <laughs> what do you think there, Liverpool? I think they'll win that, but I think I, I suppose it's a clean sheet for Liverpool is what I'm hoping for. But I don't, I don't know. I think oh, it's. I don't know. I, it, I mean, my answer to all of these is basically I don't know because well, who so knows? Yeah, you can't know, can you? After it's, that, week? it's so it's so hard to predict. I I I think I think Villa will will will, will do quite well. I, they, I think they came quite a tough game last year, didn't they? They did. Coming what the score was, I mean, they're much improved. You know, the signings they've made and and keeping Grealish and things. I think they're in for quite a good season actually. Villa. Oh yeah, with Barkley there, that's a really good signing for them because he's like a. He takes the focus, well. yeah, and takes the focus off Grealish, which is what you know what they need because it's too easy to shut Grealish down. Now they've got to worry about Barkley as well, and mm. I think Traore is a decent signing. He looks sharp as well. So yeah, suddenly yeah. they've got a bit of unpredictability other than Grealish, and Watkins looks like he's going to grow into a decent player. It might not be over the course of this season, but he's going to do enough, I think. Um, so I, I like Villa actually and I like I've got the 2-1 two one, two one, two one. One. yeah I think that's a sensible call mm. um, okay let's look at our teams then for game week four let's bring your team up first of all uh, you've made your transfer um, yeah this is what you did on the scout cast when faced with your team and having to talk through it which I'm going to get you to do you were like almost reluctant to do it like you were ashamed of them in some way you, if ever, you don't if really feel like that do you <laughs> Ever there's a, a sign that you should probably walk up I know. Them out. It's literally seeing your team and, and you know. I mean, the the biggest issue here, obviously, is is Eiling um, at home to City. I really don't want to be playing that. But I mean, it's him or Basuma, really. Um, 
I mean, you I can't. guess the, the benefit of playing Bissouma is I won't lose points when Ireland concedes loads of goals. When it comes down to playing Eileen or Bissouma. Yeah, I know. But I mean, I think the rest of my team, like, if you look at the rest of my team and the fixtures they've got, you know, Alexander, just, just for anyone listening on, on the pod, Ryan in goal, Alexander Arnold, Semedo, Walker Peters. You know, Villa, Fulham, West Brom, respectively, and then Ireland. Okay, terrible. But then De Bruyne captain, Salavais, Havertz, Palace at home, Pereira, Southampton away, Werner, Palace, Martial, Tottenham. I don't think it's a bad. I don't think it's a bad team. My worry is more about can they? Then none of them are in form except yeah, for Pereira. That's, that's the problem. I look at it and it's Havertz, Werner, Martial. Yeah, they don't go into this game week with the form that's going no. to return, and there's a lot of money tied up there. And I don't, I don't think, it, particularly Havertz and Werner, I don't think it's a good game for them. Um, I mean, my, my, I, I'm, I'm fifty fifty, maybe sixty forty, doing Werner to Jimenez for a hit. Right. Okay. Because I'm not, I'm not going to try and talk you into it because I want, I want us to be different. So. <laughs> well, my, my, kind of, you know, from a kind of enjoyment perspective i don't really want my weekend ruined saturday at 12 30 this is it we're when... doing it for fun right bring the fun yeah back. yeah and like even if Werner gets you know some points at least i'm going to sunday thinking well him but is it's a nice it's a nice difference between us so for the sake of the show maybe you should hold on to him no i'm only joking oh, yeah, come, yeah, here it comes here it comes <laughs> playing I, the mind I, games I, I think I'll, i think i'll probably i think i'll probably do it. i think one of the reasons why i like the idea of doing it is because it gives me some money to play with during the international break so I could move Basuma up to Suchet, mm. for example, over the international break, and then I've got an extra player basically who I can who I can play. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I did I did the same move, and I got the extra one and a half million, and I spent it on Dominic Calvert Lewin. Oh, you did it! Yeah. You there you rascal. go. <laughs> school. I kept it up my sleeve. Yeah, I I had to do it. I had to. I. I you I'm know, going to find this this WhatsApp you sent me last night. The last thing you said to me was, "I know, definitely not doing it." Made yeah. my mind up. Yeah, done. And you bloody done it. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I was Such up till rat. I was up till like two in the morning, and I did it quite late. I don't know what time it was. We'll show it. We'll show it in a future show. I guess it was fairly late. Um, yeah, I I just feel that one of the problems I've had in previous seasons is not getting on people early enough, and then I watch them go up in price. And then I'm stubborn and go, well, I'm paying 0.7, 0.8 more. I'm never, I'm not going to do that. I'll just find another way and I'll go and get Richarlison and he, he won't be as effective. And I look at Calvert-Lewin, I think I, I think it's a mistake for this next two. I think Che Adams will get something against, uh, against um, who is it playing now? Playing your guys, aren't they? Um, West Brom. West Brom, yeah. So I think he'll get My something guys. in that game. Or Pereira. <laughs> Pereira West Brom, your guys, yeah. um, West Brom fans. I, but... I just think long-term Calvert-Lewin, I don't doubt him. I, I, I don't think there's a doubt that he's going to be a strong asset over the season. I think he'll have a dry spell, but I think the service he's getting and with Rodriguez, what he brings to that team and just Calvert-Lewin growing as a player, you know, he's growing in stature as an athlete. He's he's big and strong. He's quick. He's hard for anyone to handle in that kind of capacity anyway. And the service is there. And And the thing is, you know, Ancelotti knows what to do to get goals out of him. He's proved it already. Um, we're talking about one of the best managers in the land who's who's going to get goals out of this guy. And he's just going to soar. And I think even if he blanks against um, you know, the weekend against Brighton, he'll go up over the international break again. Mm. 
And then he's getting out of range. And then the stubbornness in me is going to start playing a part. And I couldn't let that happen. I had to get in now and do it to stop that from happening because I know what I'm like. So there you go. Have a go at me, whatever. But I think I'm, I'm just looking at your team and I'm just thinking there's no real weakness to it apart from McCarthy and goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really like it. And, you know, still got the wild card as I have. It's, it's, you know, it's as good as any wild card teams that I'm seeing. Yeah, so oh, just for the podcast, I've got McCarthy, Alexander-Arnold, James Robertson, Dina, Podence, who might not play, but Suchek's there to come on if he doesn't, Grealish, Salah, De Bruyne, Jimenez, and Calvert-Lewin. Um, yeah, I look at it and think, Adams, that's the other reason I made it, because I looked, even though Adams, if he returned against West Brom, I would look at Adams over the break and think he could go down again if he doesn't get a return, and going down to 5-8 would really hurt. And I'd look and think, my two problems are Adams and McCarthy. So why not solve one of those problems now? Get a player in who I think is going to be a keeper over the season while I can, you know, because I, you know, I would have had to make several transfers to get him in if he goes up not one again. So I had the money. It's too convenient when I made the money when transfer from Jimenez in for Werner. I had exactly the right money to get Calvert Lewin, and I just thought I thought straight away, should I just do it? And then. When I saw you messaged night, me, you yeah. messaged me and said, "Should I do it?" And I was yeah. like, "Well, obviously." <laughs> yeah, Adams you were... to Calvert Lewin when you've got the exact money. <laughs> I know it's always too good to be true, isn't it? Yeah, and I think if was... you put it out there, people go, "Of course, that's a no-brainer." But it's just the fact that Adams has got West Brom and he's looked like he's going to score. And it was getting over that obstacle of I know I'm probably going to regret it this week and maybe next week when Everton play Liverpool. But I don't think I'm going to regret it long term. And also the knowledge that anyone playing a wild card now, and there are people like Late Riser behind me uh, playing wild cards, they're going to get Calvert Lewin. So I don't want to give them an advantage by not getting him in and have to spend 0-3, mm. 0-4 more. Go now. Go now and shut that advantage down. That's my fault. So that's what I've done. It's aggressive. It's another hit. It's That's three hits I've taken already. Yeah. Well, that I, I I think you know hits are best taken at the start of the season. Be aggressive with the hits at the start. Do what you're doing, and I, I think it, I think it's sensible. I mean, you know, it's it's the same. It could it could hurt if I sell Werner this week, but I think the logical move for me is is to back Jimenez, who is the more reliable pick, and um, you know before Werner's price goes down even more and having have it. So I think I probably. But you've got the you've got the captain on Jimenez as well. Yeah. So we'll look at captains now, and then this is the. Captain Matrix we've been building as we go. And game week four, we didn't have Jimenez on there at the start of the season, but we have now because of Fulham. Obviously, anyone playing Fulham should probably be in our thinking. <laughs> um, so the captains that we had going into this game week were Werner at home to Palace, Sterling at Leeds, De Bruyne at Leeds, and now you know I've highlighted Jimenez at Fulham. Um, for me, Sterling at Leeds is probably the best option. Um, De Bruyne, yeah. I'm, 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 to be honest, I'm 50-50. Um, Severt, who is... We keep talking about him, who was last season's top scoring FBL manager for captains, has gone De Bruyne, but he doesn't have Jimenez. And he did say that, you know, Jimenez has that fixture, you know, uh, theory uh, in his favour. So I'm really torn. I'm probably going to find out. I'll wait to see if Podence is available. If he is, I'll probably stay with Jimenez. If he isn't, I'll go back to De Bruyne. I think he was in the training pictures today. Was he? Right. Looking positive for him. Yeah. What's interesting looking forward, though, game week eight is going to be a problem to us. I'm looking at that. If you look at the captains available, and apart from the Spurs, Kane versus West Brom, um, it's really Werner versus Sheffield United. Or, I'll still have him by then. So. Yeah. Or, <laughs> All sorted. There's your man Antonio at home to Fulham. If yeah. you get Antonio that week, he suddenly becomes a captain. Now, that sounds crazy, but I actually think Antonio against Fulham. Yeah. 
I think that's a like a that's like a tailor made match for him because you know Jimenez is a, is a is a fantastic striker, but you know he, he relies quite a lot on on crosses coming in from the right and and that kind of thing. Whereas Antonio is just going to burst through those centre backs like they're not even there. I reckon. Yeah, so I'd looking, fancy I'd fancy Antonio against Fulham more than Jimenez. Yeah, I do. And looking ahead to game week eight, we've got you know Sterling, Liverpool are playing Man City, um, and United are playing Everton. And Arsenal playing Villa. So all of those are really tough fixtures. I mean, you might back a Bombing at home to to Villa, but certainly it's hard to pick Salah. Sterling never does well against Liverpool. No. I, I guess it's De Bruyne at home to Liverpool, is it? I'd be going Antonio, isn't it? Yeah, if you add Antonio, this is what I'm saying. So we've got to start thinking about that game week because I think there's an advantage there to be had if you get on Antonio. Oh, God, there. I can't stop thinking about game week eight, yeah. No, I know. Sorry. Benny, about that. Benny recovered from game week three. So we'll end on some captain team data. Um, and this is why I'm worried about Wolves, because um, if you look at the top table, that is um, the attacking data and below them is their opposition. And Wolves, um, minutes per big chance, 71.8. Mm. Um, so of the teams with captain candidates, they're the lowest there. You've got Liverpool at 28.2. So Salah, you know, he hasn't had a big chance yet other than the penalties. But the thing is, with Liverpool, they're playing Villa. If you look at the defensive data... In terms of minutes per big chance conceded, they're right at the top. 188 mm. minutes per big chance conceded. So it's a tough game for Liverpool because Villa's defence looks solid. And the same for Calvert-Lewin with Everton. Brighton's defence looks really good there based on this data. Um, they're second to Villa in terms of minutes per XG conceded, 87.5. Mm. Um, so it looks like the Leeds defence, along with the West Brom defence, is the one to go against. So City against Leeds does, for me, looks the better option. Mm. Um, so I'm taking a risk. Ings if you had him? Uh, I think I would, but it is surprising to see there Southampton's attack. Minutes per chance, it's ranked 15th in the mm. division. Uh, minutes per XG, it's ranked 12th in the league. So their attack's not as high as I thought it would be at this stage in the season because they ended the season really well. They were like 6th or 7th, their attack. They haven't quite struck that form yet. So Wolves, 19th in the league. Yeah, 19th in the league for minutes per XG, Wolves. So you put me off him, is Yeah, only, only West Brom are lower than that. So that's a worry. So that's why I'm thinking I probably will play safe and go back to KDB. But Roslow in the chat. Don't know why you keep talking about some random who had the most luck with captains last season. Come on. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He came eighth in the world. <laughs> some random Jesus um, Christ it, it did, him, did him quite well I mean yeah I mean we're not saying he's the he's the oracle when it comes to captains but if you're going to follow anyone he's he's going to be someone who, <laughs> yeah you, you want to know who they're going to captain like we we always ask that and the thing is the captaincy uh, maybe above all decisions is probably the one that relies on luck the most because you know KDB Sterling Jimenez Ings they're all good captain picks mm. and which one comes out on top is going to rely on the run of the ball or it could be a sending off, it could be a penalty decision. Yeah, None yeah. of us can foresee that, right? But what Severt did is he had some logic with it. He always went with the team with the weakest fixture or the yeah, strongest fixture against the weakest opponent. Um, but he's going KDB. And I think that's probably the way I go. I've got it in Jimenez, but it's probably going to change. Mm. But you're stuck on KDB, are you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't see it changing. Yeah. I mean, the, as, as I said earlier, I think the, the Wolves-Fulham game gives... Wolves a perfect chance to turn that round, whereas I think the Chelsea Palace game doesn't. So, yeah, I am I am probably going to make that move. 
So well, backburner, if you've got him. <laughs> we'll see how we go. That's it for the show. I guess you've got a, you've only got one thing to do, and that is the uh, is the the likes and the subscribes. The which smash. You do. Yeah. yeah, you might have seen our fancy little graphic at the start of the the show. There it is. There um, popping up. There, but yeah, thanks everyone. I'll stop again. Uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you can subscribe, then smash that button because it does help us. We're, our, I mean, our our subscribers are going up um, each week. We're now at like five point five k. We started at one. Okay, because I moved over from my old channel. So yeah, I only managed to get one K mark, and now we've got five point five. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. So it's it's getting there, and and I'm enjoying the show, and we'll see um see if as and I can remain difference in terms of our strategies and lineups yeah. as we go throughout the season. I just I you're going to go Jimenez in for Vernalo. That difference isn't going to be there for long. I don't think. I think I think it it, it just it just makes sense. The, the the fear I've got of Werner blanking and Jimenez scoring makes me even more sure that it's the right thing to do and not just to be stubborn and hold on to him. So, yeah, probably probably will make And that. the thing is, I've paved the way with Calvert-Lewin. Another hit, being aggressive, I think you'll do it now. I don't want Calvert-Lewin. That's taking you by surprise. He's old, he's old news. I'll be getting with really, Charlotte in a few you weeks. You really are going to dig out that WhatsApp message now, aren't you? You're going to, you're going to put yeah, it on Twitter, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Swine. All right, My games a, have started. I have. It's a good night for me. Good night. Podcast Network.